cool. So, yeah, I'm running this off my kid's tablet, by the way, on the other phone. So basically, I was walking the dog, and as I went to look at my phone, the dog took off, ripped the lead from me, and dropped my phone, smashed it. So this is why there might be some difficulties tonight. I do apologize, but um, yeah, so at least we're still bringing out the episode. So don't worry, we won't let you down. And you criticize me about not owning a phone, but yet everything I'm doing working perfectly fine. This actually goes to show you that this show would not exist without me. It would not run. <laughs> All right. And Paul London is, he's not here tonight. He might be showing up later, but uh, he knows we're going live. And so we were supposed to do a review of AEW, weren't we? James. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I watched a shortened version, the 30 minute, like quick version of it. And uh, I think Sly, last week we did an interview with Sly and he hit the nail on the head. Like all those guys can go. You know, I can't criticize anything about their abilities and stuff. But the only critiques I have is like a lot of those guys look alike. Yes. They all look very similar. The two things that stood out for me was that uh, powerhouse Hobbs, right? You see that guy walking down the street, you know, he's going to turn heads and he's believable. And the other guy was, um, was it rush or Roosh? Roosh. Roosh. Uh, that guy has a really good look and he's very, very talented. And their production is really cool. But, okay, so work with me here. Is John Moxley their champion? Interim champion. Long story short, CM Punk became the champion. One week later, he got injured. So instead of stripping him off the belt, they made an interim champion. So Moxley is the placeholder till Punk comes back. Okay. Which is that's, stupid. That's that's different. So he's the guy portraying their world's champion right now, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Well, call me old-fashioned, but to me, like, your world's champion should always be on last. I yes. don't know. Maybe that's just my mentality. or, But I'm assuming they did it because, is it like a ratings thing, right? Yeah, I would imagine so. Right. And then Brian Danielson came back. He, he was in the main event. I just don't know how, why they couldn't have just switched the two. Like, you know, because Brian Danielson coming back is a big deal for their fan base and stuff. Have him start the show and then have your world's champion on, on last. Right. I don't know. It's their company. They can do what they want. But, and, uh, John Moxley, does he get, does he get busted open every show? <laughs> he, he cannot. Uh, by the way, Paul, Paul's going to be joining us real soon. Oh, uh, good. Yeah, so um, I'll, ju I'll just throw this quick one. Um, Roy Dotson, um, sorry, uh, I'm just trying to click that up for you. Um, yeah, Paul's joining us real soon. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, Moxley. Moxley can't have a wrestling match without going to the outside, essentially. Mm. In the first match, uh, yeah, in every match, he 
he can't wrestle without going to the outside. And I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler. I believe he he would be a competent wrestler. He was a very, very competent wrestler in WWE. But because he's in AEW and he's allowed to do whatever he wants, mm. it's a lot of that trash bag wrestling, what I'm not a fan of. There's a place for it. But it's every match he does. And there's only so much you can do that shit before you get bored of it. I think he uh, he was influenced by Atsushi Onita because he took his Wild Thing theme song entrance. <laughs> yes. I'm just waiting for him to like start smoking a cigarette on the way to the ring. <laughs> oh, you might as well. Um, so, uh, but um, by the way, guys, I'm using my kid's tablet. I don't know if I can get your super chats up, but I can read them. Um, but I don't know if I can get him on screen. But Rob Magwood, thank you for the twenty dollars Canadian um, super chat. Starting thank a GoFund for James to buy a new phone. The thing is, guys, I've got a really good phone. It's a Samsung A twenty one S. It's a really it's it's five G. It's got all the features. It's a great phone. I've just accidentally smashed it. Mm. So um, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, what do you call it? Hopefully, yeah, I'll be getting it back tomorrow. I need a new screen on it. So what um, we're going to do, James is going to get a phone specifically for this YouTube show and then a second phone for his casual, you know. Right, James? Well, seeing if I've made money from this podcast, I might just go and buy a new laptop. <laughs> no, I'm talking to you right now from a, from a laptop and it works perfectly fine. Right, I need to get a new laptop. laptop. Yes, get a new laptop. Yeah, but the the AEW show, uh, yeah, my only criticism is that a lot of the guys just look very similar. You know, Hmm. nobody stands out. That's the only thing. I mean, I kind of knocked their work because a lot of those guys are good. It's like Sly said, everybody can wrestle now, right? It's just I'm thinking like a casual fan who's just maybe used to watch wrestling and doesn't watch it anymore and was flipping the channels. Like yeah. I think there was one match with um uh what's that kid's name? Uh Guevara. Oh Sammy Guevara. Yeah, so whoever Sammy was wrestling, I forget now. That was like on the second match or something, and then if a, somebody's watching that match and then maybe switches the channel and then went and seen the Brian Danielson uh, Garcia match, yes, right, they'd be thinking, are these two guys still wrestling? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they look, they have similar looks, right? So what do you, what do you think to uh, Taz's kid Hook? His hairstyle is very unique, but that just shows my age because I thought that's whatever. But then I went to St. Catharines this weekend and I saw a lot of young kids with that same hairdo. Right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good looking, very thin. Yeah, could do have, I mean, I'm not one to judge, obviously. Everyone knows I'm overweight, but I'm not a paid athlete. So I like to, so I can comment. But, and I'm not just saying it's like Hook, uh, his name is. He's only a young kid. A lot of potential for being a really good wrestler. But I think another 10 pounds on him, 15 pounds, I reckon he yeah. could be a, a real deal. Right. 
but I like the fact that he was grabbing holds. You know, that's just, you know, it, yes. it says wrestling on the marquee. And I like yeah. the fact that, you know, he's grabbing holds. Uh, and, of course, Brian Danielson, you know, he's a, a very good, talented wrestler who can wrestle, right? So, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, as a, as a guy in the business, I thought it was okay. You know, just, uh, I don't know. I, I grew up with a different mentality. Like the first match, you know, you shouldn't go to the floor and all that stuff. And, you know, but then again, it's a TV show and they're looking for ratings, right? So. Yeah. Um, well, comparing that to, um, so it was uh, SummerSlam Saturday. I completely forgot SummerSlam was on. <laughs> I actually uh, messaged Paul during the day. I'm like, wow. I didn't realize SummerSlam was tonight because it was on a Saturday, which is unusual. Right. Um, officially, it's the first pay-per-view without Vince McMahon and Triple H in charge. It wasn't a bad show at all. Uh, main event paid off. Um, Brock Lesnar v. Roman again. But I, I wrote on Twitter, I've seen many things in my 30-plus years of being a wrestling fan, but seeing Brock Lesnar drive into the ring in the tractor... And then later on in the match, tipping the ring over with a tractor is a new one for me. Did he really? Yes. Wow. Send me a link to that. I got to check that out. It was awesome. I mean, uh, spoiler alert for everyone. Uh, do you do you want to know the finish, Renee, or do you want me to tell you now? Tell me now. Yeah. Rome, Roman retained. It was the last man standing match. So he had his cousins, Dusos, come down. And uh, there was a failed cash-in by Austin Ferry, but um, good match, and it wasn't a bad pay-per-view in general. Um, I will say, Logan Paul, he, he faced off against The Miz. He continues to amaze me, um, impress me, sorry, with how quick he's picking up, but at the same time, it's like, wow, it's showing you that any, like, any person that's kind of thick can actually pick up wrestling pretty quick. And it's a bit of a disrespectful to wrestlers. Right. Yeah. I can understand why. Because he's really popular. Like, uh, is he a YouTuber or something? Yeah. Uh, massive on YouTube and shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I understand the business-wise why they're, they're doing that. But uh, that's what everybody says. Like, he's, he's really good for a guy just literally off the street. But I can I can understand how that's not good because it shows people wow anybody can do this you know yeah uh, it's um, but no not a bad pay per view um, a lot of fans seem to be happy about it and uh, it looks like Tony Khan's getting them um, quickly upset um, well I mentioned it to you actually about on with Sly that he's getting upset because people saying that Adam Coe and such will come back to WWE and he's out sprouting off like, well, he's got six years on his contract. He's got five years on his contract. So um, wow. it'd be interesting because Triple H, I know it was different back in your day and especially new generation era, but today's wrestlers and him creating NXT is very well liked in today's wrestling. So yeah. I I think it's, I think it was time for Vince to go without the other, even Without the allegations, it was time for Vince to go because he's mid-70s, late-70s, and he's he's had a great career. 
but it's just let's be honest, he's out of touch and it feels like it's a breath of fresh air now with WWE. So I want him to do well. I'm a wrestling fan, so we'll see how it goes. I hope he does. Because I honestly, I miss being a wrestling fan. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's a part of my life that there's an emptiness there for me. I would really like to be able to, you know, on a Monday night, turn on the TV and generally be excited to watch wrestling again. And, you know, say what you will about, about Hunter. He's a wrestling guy, you know? Yes. Yes. So... Uh, I actually saw an article, it was with uh, Eric Bischoff, and he predicts within the next three to six months, he feels that there should be a big, big difference, like in the consistency of, of what they're doing and stuff. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully he's right. But I just don't think, honestly, that Vince is completely out of the picture. I just really don't oh, think so. Oh, no way. No way. Right? And I, you can guarantee if shit hits the fan and goes downhill, he'll be right back, dude. That's his baby. That's his, that was his, his whole life, you know? Yeah. Um, Paul's trying to join, but his audio on camera is not working. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help him out. Um, but uh, I, I can see the super chats, everyone. I, I just I, I can't seem to bring them up on the screen, but... Uh, Roy Dotson, thank you for the $2 Super Chat. Renee, you should have been World Heavyweight Champion. No. Not at all. It's too much pressure. Yeah. <laughs> World Heavyweight Champion. Mm. Ex- expanding on that, so we mentioned it briefly in our Randy Orton episode, so mm. Randy is officially the youngest world champion in WWE history at 24. And he lost it the following month to Triple H. How was he in that first run, and did it overwhelm him completely? He wasn't ready for it. No. Maturity-wise, no. Uh, I think Luthez, I mean, WWE history is probably Randy, but the actual youngest world's champion, like wrestling, I think it was Luthez at 21. Oh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, that's that's a lot of responsibility, man. Because I remember talking with Eddie Guerrero, right? And when they put the world's championship on him, it it was that's a lot, a lot of pressure. Yeah, you have have no time off because when everybody gets to go home, you're flying to, you know, promote promote the company. You know, meet and greets and television and and you're flying to different countries. I mean, you have no time off. So that's a lot of pressure. And Randy, at that age, maturity-wise, he he wasn't ready for that. A lot of people says it was a jab at Brock because Brock just left. And it was a stick into Brock. uh, Hey, he's here. (laughs) Paul! Please, can you see him, Paul. Paul. Can you hear me? Oh, there he is. Can you hear me? Oh man, Jesus! So, what are you guys talking about? Wrestling? No, man. 
talking about some wrestling, uh-huh. dude. Uh, so somebody didn't do his homework, right, Paul? Uh, I think I flunked the first test. Yeah, I I watched uh, about six minutes and uh, had to do some other stuff. So you wash your hair. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did do some laundry and do. Some, I will say what I did see of that first match. Um, why do they call this guy Roosh? Is that are they trying to pronounce his name in Spanish or like is there a reason he's not called Rush? Like that was for some reason that I don't. Maybe I'm missing something. But um, do you guys have any idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I, I watched that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was very impressed with him. I thought he was, oh, he was very good. impressive. Yeah, I've never seen him before. I mean, I know of him, but I just am not familiar. Um, you know, I hadn't watched a full match or something. I could say that the wrong guy won. Um, the wrong kid died. <laughs> but uh, but no, I did not. I. Yeah, uh, it'll be. You didn't want to tune into your boy Brian. You guys are like BFFs, aren't you? Uh, you and I are. So you know, yeah. Oh. And James is in there too, man. This is the the triplet here, the trifecta. Right. No, so I was, I was saying earlier, like I watched uh, the the condensed version. Psychotrist. There's a condensed. Why didn't I? Did, I didn't get sent the condensed. Maybe I would have watched it if I got the condensed version. But I got the regular version. I thought, yeah, God, I'm clean and sober, and this is going to mess all that up. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I completely forgot that it was on Wednesday. So James sent me the condensed version. The, the <laughs> and the one thing I, I mentioned earlier is a lot of those guys look alike they don't yeah seem, they look very similar but that rooster yeah. he stood out to me and that powerhouse right. hobs he stood out to me yeah. too, visually you know yeah yeah because i'm trying yeah, to watch i'm trying to watch as a casual fan mindset and not as uh, a wrestler in the business right sure yeah yeah they they, they don't seem to uh, know how to highlight or at least they seem to have trouble highlighting the unique, the really unique ones. Uh, and, and they, as far as I know, they, they do highlight some of their unique talents. Um, but whether that's a good thing or not a great thing, I don't know. I mean, you'd like to think everybody's unique. I mean, I, I try to look at professional wrestling as a physical circus. And you want each person to kind of be an attraction in their own right but you know in the modern day when so many guys are marks for ufc stuff uh in addition to just being marks for themselves um they try to pass themselves off as like shooters like real shooters or real fighters i always laugh when professional wrestlers refer to themselves as fighters um I think the only person I could accept doing that was Loki because <laughs> he really believes it, you know, and he's like, I'm a fighter. Uh, I never met him, but that's, that's what I hear. He took himself very, very seriously. Yeah. I like him. I mean, I think his 
his work uh, looks good and has always been convincing. And he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I always gave him a pass on calling himself a fighter because, you know, at least he's trained and he's done a lot of martial arts and stuff. So, and his stuff looks good. It's not like very fluffy or very poor technique or anything. His stuff's always very crisp and whatever, but, but for some of these, a lot of these other guys that are obvious UFC marks, uh, and I think that's why a lot of them look the same because, you know, unless you have like a really crazy personality in UFC for the most part, they're, uh, they're just trained fighters. And so they're, they're cut, they're lean. They got the short shorts, uh, you know, and they tend to look similar. And I think there's a lot of those guys um, probably on all wrestling shows right now. Like I said, it's just, it seems to be the, the general idea of like, I'm going to, you know, if I just present myself as real, then they'll buy it more. And then uh, sure enough, they trip over their own feet with either not selling something or just the techniques, maybe not as crisp. Um, but yeah, I was very impressed with Roosh. I just want to call him Rush. Like uh, Roosh sounds like a French prostitute. Hey, don't be knocking French. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> okay, but aside from the AEW show, there's been some other headlines in the news. Yeah, catch me up because okay. I'm I'm in the dark. Okay, James, let's talk about this Ring of Honor pay per view. Okay, I have heard some of these things actually. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. what were you? What's your ranking in the top five hundred? Because that's rel That's a big deal, right? I that's... had to bring it up. I had to bring that up. <laughs> I... John the Gresham, if you're out there, man, you're my boy. I hope that this... is he your boy? Have y'all, have y'all, are y'all yeah, boys? Yeah, we in England together. And I, I okay. Really, uh, he was a lot smaller then, though. Uh, what do you mean? Like? Physically. Size? Oh, okay. I was like, can he get? Yeah. Okay. When I seen him, I, I seen a picture of him. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he must have put 30 pounds of muscle. Uh, he's just so jacked up. But uh, the news is that he got in an argument with Tony Khan. And he used his PWI ranking as a bargaining chip as to why he should be highlighted in a better way. Do you think he had the magazine there with him? Like, or do you I think he pulled it up on his phone and was like, well, it says right here, I'm number, was it 20 or something? I'm 20th. Now, if you can't see that, and make something out of that, then I just then you can go fuck yourself. You know, I don't think that's how he talks. Well, you could. I don't know how he talks. Actually, I've only met him once, I think, and it was not not the most enjoyable experience. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, this was years ago. Years ago, I had a four way match with him. Oh, you wrestled him? Okay. If you can call it that, uh, it was me, JT Dunn, uh, an extremely talented uh, luchador guy in the uh, Northeast named Smiley. Okay. And uh, so, if you guys are looking for somebody who's actually very innovative and entertaining, Smiley, 
extremely talented, uh, and Jonathan Gresham. So, you know, we're putting this four-way together, and um, <laughs> he had all these very set ideas of spots and sequences that he was just adamant about. And a lot of it involved um, a lot of no-selling and just all this just constant stuff, right? And I, I kept kind of shooting it down. I was like, no, it's not – doesn't make any sense. God, where's my camera at? Um, it doesn't make any sense or like I'm not going to no sell this just to get just to go into this just to go into that just like you're not going to stab me with a knife just to slit my throat just to put a gun in my mouth just to put a noose around my neck followed by you know sticking my nuts in a bear trap just for me to kick out just so that you can put a sword down my throat and then gouge my eyes out and step on them and then shit down my throat and then light my face on fire and okay. then strap me in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you fucking mental? Wow. Um, and he got really just like his feelings hurt or something, but he, you know, so like putting a, putting the match together with three other guys is, it can be challenging. Um, yeah. But then, even more so when there's four people involved and you're now putting together a four person match with just two other guys. Cause one of them's off kind of um, upset and I don't want to use the word pouting, but I guess I just did. Uh, and he was like, no, these, these, you know, these, if I can remember correctly, he was like, this, these are guaranteed to get pops. These are guaranteed to get pops. And I was like, okay, well, put those in your back pocket and why don't you use those for those towns? Right. Uh, we're not doing that here. Uh, at least, you know, and I would come up with kind of some alternatives that would keep him strong. And, you know, it's just one of those things. I think you, you, you don't always see eye to eye on how a match should go. And the other two, you know, JT and smiley were listening to me and I'm not claiming that I have all the sense in the world. Like, Hey, I've, I know how the matches should go and I have all these great ideas, but I have a pretty good idea of what does and doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. And like I said, I mean, it's just so much of, and, but that goes for a lot of guys. It's just, you know, and people are like, well, that's the, that's the way wrestling is today and everything. And is, is that the mentality? Seriously? Cause I haven't wrestled in the uh, United States in like 16 years. Well, I think it, I don't think it's just the United States. I mean, I, I you know, I think it's, pretty prevalent where there's it's all about sequences and you know i mean that's why sadly like super kicks don't mean anything anymore i mean fucking canadian destroyers certainly don't mean anything oh, anymore yeah. not a whole lot of moves mean anything anymore and it's it's not that hard guys like think about it the audience bought the ticket they're there they know this stuff is predetermined or whatever, yeah. but they're still there. So they're there because they're wanting to be uh, entertained on obviously on the, on the grand scheme of things. But at, at the same time, the challenge, and I challenge all fellow performers out there that look, they know this is predetermined your job is now not only to entertain them, 
but as an artist, that word gets thrown around a lot, right? Um, is to actually make these people think for a moment, several moments at some point in the match. Oh my God, like that had to hurt. Or like, oh my God, these, I don't think these guys actually like each other. Or oh my God, like I wouldn't want to meet this guy outside. Or, oh my, you know, that's the challenge is getting these people to believe and buy into what you're doing. If not for moment, then moments, if not for the entire match, you know, but, but trying to get these people who know how this works because you're all giving this shit away on social media anyways. But, you know, and so I've always thought, you know, people are like, Oh, okay. Fabe's dead. And that's an old fucking mentality and stuff. It's not, it's that you're too lazy and uncommitted to, to, to treat it with the respect that it should. And that's, that's the true essence of a performer is how far am I willing to commit to my craft in order to give these people not only an entertaining show, but to really make them believe, make them believe. Uh, If you're not willing to do that, then you're not, you're just not committed to, to that aspect of it. And maybe that's, that doesn't do anything for you, but don't be complaining when you're either not over or they're not buying the 50th kick out of your match because they've already seen every fucking move kicked. I mean, why should they believe it? If you don't believe it, why should they? Well, before you came on, I was I mentioned to James, like we watched that AEW show in the first match goes to the floor and, and the, uh, Moxie got busted open in the first match. It's like, I saw that. I saw uh, that. Uh, maybe I'm just too much in the old school to where I don't know. To me, that doesn't make any sense. Maybe I, I, I broke it down to they're looking for ratings. So that's why they do that, right? I mean, they tend to throw a lot of these big names out there, like for them uh, in the opening match. Uh, it is very different in the sense. I mean, sure. A lot of times you. I was always told kind of like the opening and the main bookend to show. So you want to start them off hot, right? but you're putting, you know, one of your bigger names out there right off the bat. The champion. Is he the champion? Oh, that was like for the interim title or something. I guess I'm assuming. What do you, James, what do you know about this? I mean, their former, the, the, the champion was uh chick magnet punk, right? Um, and so, oh, you guys didn't know that's what that stood for? Oh, is that um, what it stood for? <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> oh, I thought um, it was Cookie Monster. Let's not be blasphemous towards one of the greatest Sesame characters. Sesame Street characters. Let's 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 show some respect to some cookies. I'm actually gonna. I might eat some cookies now. You got me thinking. Um, yeah. Uh, did he hurt himself doing a crowd dive? So, yeah, so he uh, hurt himself. So instead of, you know, in, in my opinion, doing what's right and, you know, going away and doing the business the right way, there's an, they created an interim champion. So you're going to be the champion while I heal up. <laughs> but then when so I come back. That? Huh? They're going to they're gonna have the two belts or something? Like. Razor and Sean, or what's the deal? 
They've done this before. It's not the first time they've done it. They've done it with the um, TNT title. Um, someone got injured, and they had an interim TNT champion. That guy came back, and they had, like, I think, like a ladder match to decide who was the true TNT champion. So they have already done it in this in this past year alone. Well, um, so, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, Moxie's obviously over. People love him. Um, I can't just cause I, th- just cause he doesn't do anything for me. People are gonna be like, Oh, he's a hater. He's better. Ah, like fuck off. All right. Go eat some dicks because just because I don't, just because somebody doesn't do something for me doesn't mean I'm bitter or that I'm a hater. Like, sorry. Like, it just doesn't do anything for me. So f- go fuck yourself. Here's a fun one. Everyone, I've seen the super chats. I'll get to them in a minute. Um, you might know her, Paul. You, uh, I would imagine you watched the MCU. Are you aware of the actress Kat Dennings? Yeah. She was in, uh, what, Four. she was one of the girls in the, and then, like, two girls in a bake shop or something. Wasn't that one of yeah. them? She was one of them, right? She's pretty hot. So, um, I think she was anyway. So, she <laughs> tweeted out. <laughs> she tweeted out that, oh my, uh, I'm watching SummerSlam. And afterwards, it was like, wow, I actually love WWE. And you had, like, WWE fans saying, oh, welcome to the universe. Welcome to the family. But then you had the AEW diehards. Why are you watching WWE? You should be watching AEW. Watch AEW. It's the better show. Please watch AEW. I'm like, wow, no wonder wrestling fans gets a bad name. You're not helping the stereotype. Yeah. And also, Just be grateful uh, anybody's watching any of this at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, and I want to add, like, Jonathan Gresham, like, I like the guy. But when you do something like that, that's jeopardizing your entire career with other promotions. Because if I'm a promoter, yes. to me, okay, this guy's a mark. He's a mark for himself. I don't need the headache. That You know what I mean? There, I there's always, in, yeah, I mean, I th- there's always an impact, right? Um, I guess. I guess, yeah. It's not, I think, where his, well, his wife's there, and they Right, so he's he's the one that made those comments about Benoit, too, so... Ah, that's... Yeah, just lock it up. Could you imagine Benoit wanting to, like... All right, I need you to to memorize this whole... let, Let me just say this. If you are a professional wrestler, and you think that professional wrestling is about memorizing a match. You probably suck. You probably fucking suck. You don't have any live instincts. You don't have any ability to improvise. You probably don't have natural instincts to do this. And so, um, if, and I, I get why guys memorize and girls, especially I get why they memorize matches because let's face it. You're insecure. And I'm not saying that as a jab, but I'm saying that 
from a performer's standpoint that the reason performers memorize things is because there's an insecurity there. They need to know every that is going to happen. And they pre-plan it and they pre-plan it. They pre-plan it to the point where it's just so set up looking that there's no life to it. There's no life to it. Um, and, and it's because there's a fear there that if for whatever moment is an empty moment or there's a moment they have to fill on the spot, they're going to fall on their face and the people are going to yell boring or they're going to be like, you fucked up or whatever. So they're so afraid of not knowing what's next that they have to know exactly what's next. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. But that's, you that's, know, that's where the business is at too in this day and age, right? Yeah. And I mean, we've, we've all done that, you know, we've all been there and, and I can tell you the matches where I had less to remember and went more off of feel and listening and communicating and going off what the audience was giving you night and day, more fun night and day, more fun. Cause you can sit there in the back and have like, Oh, well, these spots are guaranteed to pop the crowd. And then guess what? Maybe they don't. And then what are you going to do? <laughs> oh shit. Like, we're going to just go ahead with the match we planned anyways, even though the, the audience is running to the concession stand and running to the bathroom and they're looking at their phones and they don't give a shit. I, I think I've said this before. Uh, professional wrestling, if you're having a match, you're throwing a party. Renee and I are having a match. We're throwing a party. The match is advertised. That's the invite. The audience showing up, those are our party guests. So when he and I have a match together, when we pre-plan every fucking move, every goddamn moment, and we don't think to acknowledge the audience because we're so set on like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, that's basically throwing a house party, having the door locked, and the people are watching. Your guests have shown up at your house, but they're all on the lawn looking through the window at two jerk-offs just dancing with each other in the middle of the living room. Um, they can't, they probably can't hear the music either, but they can see through the window and they're like, well, we're here. Like we, the door's locked. The front doors are, why do we show up to this? You know? And so that's kind of the, the beauty of what professional wrestling is, is that it's a live interactive, um, st stunt based kind of storytelling and they want they they want the audience participation. At least the, the the true professionals do, because without them, what good are you? And like, what what are you if you're not putting asses in seats? Then what are you doing? Prime you know, example, you, Paul, of what you're saying, right? We had Mike Kyoto right. on here, right? Okay, um, yeah, I love Mike. Right. Thirty five years with the WWE, right? Been there, seen it, done it all, worked with everybody. He said the the greatest match that he was ever a part of was Hogan and Rock in Toronto for WrestleMania and it was all on feel. Insane. Right? That's Insane. 35 years. He's, he's seen everything. Right? But of course people will be like, well, those two are like mega over and everything. 
Why yeah, exactly. They... How did they? How did they yeah, get there? Exactly. Why did they over? They listened to the fans. That's it. I mean, I I, I couldn't I even. The, I was in the ring with the Rock. Right. We had. Oh, were you really? Yeah, that's awesome. Little, that's right. And we had our little. It was just a talking battle, right? Yeah. But uh, a quarter of that stuff went off feel. Because we had yeah. shit written out, but there was one point where I called him Rocky. That wasn't written from me in the back. <laughs> and then we just played off each other, right? And uh, that was the biggest pop because it went by feel, man. That's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I would say my... You were listening to the fans because we had this interaction. Uh, we, were, we had a tag title match or something, and uh, he was listening to the fans because one of the fans said, they suck. And he went ad-libbed it. Improvs and said, "You're right. He sucked." And then again, you know. <laughs> and then they're like, "He heard me and everything." And it just creates more moments for the audience, you know, that they that they won't forget, and that makes him more over. Um, yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate to work with Eddie Guerrero uh, a, a few times, but I worked with Eddie on a SmackDown taping once, and this I is TV, it. right? Oh, did you? Yeah, um, and that was oh, thank you. I mean, that was all him, really. But like, the thing was for a TV match, and like, TV is a bit different. I get it. You you tend to have more stuff kind of figured out because you have timing and commercial breaks, and you know you have to definitely hit your times and account for this and this and this. Um, so. I that makes more sense in terms of like calling more stuff in advance. But I remember with Eddie, I was really nervous because I didn't want to mess up, but I was also really relaxed because I really didn't have much to remember. Um, and he, I just, I just had to listen to him and it was such a like eye opening and magical experience because I was in here with one of the greatest of all time and i was just listening to him and going off of what you know and he was i mean talk about ring general just when you can just listen to someone in there and everything's getting reaction i mean he he helped get me over uh in that match even though it it wasn't designed for me and clearly he was going over but that's just a testament to how talented and legendary he is um and so that was that was something that really meant more to me than holding titles or anything of that nature was just being able to listen to him and take his guidance and then have him be very happy with it afterwards and for us to have had a match that I'll forever remember. But it was just one of those things where it's like, this is TV. I should be more nervous or I should, but I'm not, I mean, I'm nervous about not, I don't want to fuck up and like piss them off. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. This is pretty relaxed. I don't have anything to remember. This is, this isn't it. This is a different feeling, you know? Um, so I challenge all you wrestlers out there to come up with, you know, ideally a finish, maybe some stuff you do in the beginning. It's like when I put a match together, I throw out a bunch of maybes. Like, maybe this might happen. Maybe. I don't know. Just so that if in the event that you feel it and call it, it's not totally foreign. Because we're not saying, hey, call 
every single, you know, call 10 things at a, at a time. Like that's, that's kind of insane. And you wouldn't be able to hear it at all. And, you know, you get to where you see like the guy um, who broke his own nose with his own move where he's calling stuff. Uh, oh my God. You don't want to get into that situation where you're like sitting there just destroying the illusion and literally calling it where everyone can see you calling it. You know, it's no different than people seeing you pull the blade out of your wrist tape and, you know, oh, like, <laughs> what good is that? What good is that? I mean, it's, it's like, it's embarrassing. It's like, a, it's like if you're watching Jurassic Park and all of a sudden you just started seeing performers dressed in green leotards with uh, the motion capture balls all over them instead of the dinosaurs. And you're sitting there like, what the fuck is this? Well, well, recently I was in Japan, right? Yeah. And without saying this person's name, who was no longer there, probably won't go back anytime soon, was choreographing chain wrestling. Move for move, chain wrestling. I've never seen that in my life. Really? Is that I've seen it, but I'm surprised if you're at that level to be doing that. Yeah. I mean, like, anyway, just gonna throw maybe, maybe that was poisonous, or maybe it was, maybe the protein was expired. Maybe. Um, I'm kicking out of this. The super chats don't mean anything. It's like a super kick. I'm, I'm kicking out of it no matter what at one. Okay. Right. So bring okay. all your super chats, bring it, bring a Canadian super chat destroyer, bring it. I'm kicking out. Okay. Cause I got like 50 other things you need to take and then kick out of that. Right. Right. Let me just one more thing. The more shit that you do to somebody and they keep kicking out, the weaker your stuff looks. Like, I'm sorry. But if, it, I mean, it, all you have for anyone who's ever been punched for real, I'm good with one. I don't even want that one punch. But you're going to sit here and punch me 10 times just to back me up to the ropes. Then I'm probably out cold That's in right. real, it, th- theoretically. Um, so for you viewers watching wrestling, like ask yourselves, how would this translate in a bar fight and would they, and should they be getting up from this? And you'll start to see just how kind of absurd a lot of this stuff is that you're being force fed. Yeah. Hey Paul, when my dad showed me how to wrestle when I was a kid, right? Yeah. He would, when he would put on holes, he would shoot, he would put on it for real. Just so, I know, just so I know how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I sure. Know, I don't know the training programs now, how they work, but they should not try to hurt the guy, but put the holes right. on for real so they know exactly. Because, I mean, a simple hammerlock, you can fuck a guy up. You oh, yeah. Right? Your father strikes me as having been um, kind of the stew heart of the Maritimes. You know what Very I mean? Because so. that's what you hear. Stu Hart, you know, he took all these guys in the dungeon and just right. hookers is what they would call them back in the day. They were hookers, you know? Yeah. 
um, and would just stretch the shit out of guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so um, there's a lot of pretend hookers now. And I think there's a lot of social media hookers. <laughs> that's that's the more common use. <laughs> On to the super chats. Bring it. Anyway, uh, just Kofi, thank you uh, to the super chat. Uh, do you guys think that WWE will be sold in the next two years? I don't think it will now. I don't know that I have enough honest info on it. I had heard at one time, oh, well, Disney will eventually buy it. And nothing really surprises me anymore. Um, sure. Disney will buy WWE. <laughs> I will say this from a business standpoint and making money. They know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Right? They know how to make money. I have to put them over in that sense. And they have enough business relations throughout the decades that, like, like Renee said, they know how to make money. What would that do for the company to be sold to anybody? You know, whether it's Pepsi buying them or Disney or I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the, you know, Amazon buys, you know, who, who, what would that do? Right. right. So you have to look at like the big media companies and I guess Disney kind of does make the most sense, but then what would that do? I don't know. Uh, question, for the, question for the both years. Thank you. In your head, change man. $5 super chat. Have you ever wrestled or any interactions with Raven? Yeah. Did you never wrestled? I neither. But I've interacted with him quite a not a lot, but I think I had done a high spots video or something with Raven where we met. We were supposed to be like pretend like we're meeting or something. And interesting guy. I mean, I like him. I thought he was extremely uh, intelligent and um, yeah, I like the guy. I've always enjoyed his work. Um, I felt like he always worked his own way, his own style, and he was always intelligent. And it was a way that made sense, and it, he told great stories. I thought, obviously, his ascension in ECW as a character and a performer was. I mean, it had this. It had the whole wrestling world talking, you know, with with good reason. So I, I really liked the guy. Um, I never worked with them from like a business standpoint, where maybe other people have not had had as good experience with them or, or whatever, you know, from a political standpoint. But uh, in the bits that I'd, you know, worked with them independently or been in the same locker room with them or. At, TNA in the early days. Uh, I always enjoyed him being around. <laughs> yeah. First time I met him, we were in uh, the Cincinnati HWA. That's where I had my tryout. Oh, yeah. And he was like one of the guest coaches or whatever. Oh, he didn't really coach. He did, they were just there. Sure. He, uh, I think he was very bitter at that point in time because <clears throat> maybe he knew that WWF wasn't going to use him or highlight them, you know, so he kind of like buried everybody that was there. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, 
And then I can see why maybe the higher ups didn't like him because he was very opinionated and had his own opinions yeah. and stuff. And as you know, Paul, that doesn't get over with the, the administration and with the entertainers. You get right? labeled as aloof or difficult. Or difficult to work with, yeah. God forbid you have an opinion. Yeah, but then we toured together in Europe um, for a promotion out there, like France and stuff. And yeah, I I enjoyed his company, you know. Right. Yeah. Very, very uh, entertaining guy. Jared Aviat, thank you for the uh, $10 Australian super chat. Hi, gentlemen. Thank you. Hope you are doing well. Greetings from Melbourne, Australia. Just want to ask your thoughts on Jackie uh, James. It's Melbourne. Melbourne. It Melbourne. 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 Listen, okay. sorry. Listen, Go ahead. I've listened to Americans pronunciate English cities and towns, okay? You just don't have a clue. <laughs> I agree. What? I would butcher a lot of them. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's, it's Melbourne. It's like Gloucestershire. Uh, you just don't know how to pronounce it. It's like Gloucestershire. <laughs> So anyway. I say Gloucester. What was his question, James? <laughs> sorry. So, uh, I'm sorry. Hi, gentlemen. Love you as well. Just want to ask for your thoughts on Jackie Gator back in the day. Did she get a bad rep as a performer? Well, she wasn't any good. I mean, yeah. it's not to say that. I mean, I don't. I didn't interact with her or know her personally. I mean, I, whatever. But I think she's definitely highlighted in the botchamania intro um isn't she or like there's a, a few infamous spots that are just atrocious that she's a part that was, of that so. was the tag match remember it was on raw it was her and trish or something yeah it was a mixed tag it was a mixed tag bradshaw was tagging up with was it trish trish um jackie and was chris nowinski was it chris nowinski and jackie gator yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Paul, do you remember that yeah. time when we were in uh, in Italy and they decided to uh, throw all my shit in the shower? And all oh, that yeah. Shit? Oh, yeah. He was the reason why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, think there were, I think there were a few culprits. Well, she was there because I didn't go out that night, right? Because everybody out, went out to a bar or some shit. And, yeah, uh, heels and baby faces out in the bar that we're working in. I don't know. Anyway, she's the one that spotted off that she had told me, and then I didn't show up. So then take Taker was right there, and then all of a sudden, uh, yeah. So, but other than that, I uh, I actually liked her. I think that's more a question for Charlie Haas. Yeah, we just gotta get Charlie on here, man. That'd be great. He was on there once, wasn't he? Didn't y'all do a yeah, show with him at some? We should do a live with Charlie. Charlie yeah, that'd be cool. I'll hit you up later. Yeah, I like it's Charlie, man. Up. Good dude. Yeah. She had great tits, though, didn't she? Anyway. <sighs> Don't. <laughs> she had a great personality and smile. Is that what you call it? Yes. <laughs> um, it's not a euphemism. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I just can't say it how it is. Anyway, uh, Laser81095, thank you for $5 super chat. 
Hey guys, I was Thank at you. Raw in MSG last week. A French couple visiting US for the first time sat next to me. Also, my birthday is on the 10th. Can I have a shout out? Happy birthday. August 10th, I imagine, not July 10th. Yeah, happy birthday. One what's, the, what's, what's the name here? Uh, laser, followed by some digits. Eight, uh, it's disappeared now. 81095, happy, I think it was. Happy birthday, laser digits. He sat next to a French couple? Uh-oh. Yes. Oh. Renee, Renee's feel getting a, He's already... Go ahead. What's the question? Fire up. Question or is it just for us to say happy birthday? Is a happy birthday shout out. Well, happy birthday, my friend. How do you say happy birthday in French? Bonne fête. Bonne fête. Bonne fête d'anniversaire. Hey, there you go. Happy birthday. Birthday. Blow out Uh, the candles. This one's one's for you, Paul. Uh, I think you've. I think we know the answer. Roy dots in. Is Brian Kendrick no, long, no longer your friend? I mean, look, I'll always have a uh, a respect and a, and, a, and a love for this guy because we spent so much time together. But, I mean, we haven't spoken in years. I'm not saying he's not my friend. I'm not saying we're best of friends. I mean, I just um, – you lose touch with people. And, obviously, he had made some questionable – comments that i had nothing to do with and certainly don't share those those thoughts or beliefs and uh just wanted it to be clear that just because we teamed together and had such you know a good run or however people want to look at it um doesn't mean that we share the same interests or thoughts or beliefs and i've since seen people say like oh he was in character and all this kind of stuff and i just it's it's kind of bizarre. Like, why would he be in character on a conspiracy show? Um, mm. Like, what would what would what would the what would, why would the conspiracy audience care if he was in character or not? It, it's just it's kind of weird to me. Um, Speaking of conspiracies, right? There's this famous conspirator named Alex Jones. Are you aware of this guy? Oh yeah, yeah. He always looks like he's about to pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, this guy was, you know, saying that Sandy Hook was all a work. It was all right. And now he's being sued for a hundred million dollars. Yeah. I saw some somewhere. Someone was saying like Ronda Rousey was a Sandy Hook denier or something. Oh, shit. Really? Uh, It's just don't believe everything you read on the Internet. But I I've seen her name get thrown in there as well, but conspiracy theorists, I don't know. They they have to have some sort of nuts and screws loose. Um, Sure. Like you want to look at it from an entertaining standpoint and, and try and entertain these possibilities or whatever. I, you know, and people are like, well, there's crisis actors and all this kind of stuff. Um, then go out of your way to meet actual relatives of people who lost people at 9-11 or in Sandy Hook or in Uvalde or any of these other horrific, tragic occurrences and events. It's just, I mean, just 
horrific. I don't. There's not enough. There's, there's really no way to describe just how horrible all this is, and 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 what it says about the state of the world. Mm-hmm. But to then think that it's all phony or make believe or it, 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 you're just not playing with a full deck, you know. Um, I mean, imagine. Renee will tell you. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Renee, Renee will tell you, Paul. Like I help get guests lined up for the show. If I reckon I could get them, if I could get Kendrick to come on the show, would you be happy to talk to him and patch up things and I don't know have a conversation saying why do you believe these certain things? I mean, are you trying to play the role of Jerry Springer? Or are you... Uh, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> well, people I, say I am the UK Conrad Thompson, so... <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, time usually heals all wounds, and, like, you guys were close. You guys were, like, brothers for many years. Yeah. So, I mean, and I get along with Brian, too, you know. So, I mean, why not just... Mm-hmm. If he's up for it, just patch things up. You know, it's know. it's it's out there. That's it's out, out there. there. So, Brian, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, right? Uh, Tucker Carlson's huge balls. Uh, <laughs> thoughts on Noah's hottest junior Ninja Mac. That's Ninja the name. Mac? Yeah, Tucker Carlson's huge balls. Is that the name? That's a great name. Uh, Paul, Paul, have you seen the the Ninja Mac? I've only I've heard of him. I've I've seen him. I think he kind of looks like a Power Ranger. I mean, apparently the guy knows martial arts, so like there yeah. he's got that going for him. He's you know got a credible martial arts background. Um, he's he's got people talking. You know, before he got into wrestling, he was actually working the circus. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah, he was like a gymnast in the circus. Uh, instantly has my respect that because right? that's that's such a great background, very cool background. <laughs> no, I mean, I wanted I wanted to be in the circus before I wanted to get into wrestling. I mean, right? You know, no, he, uh, he he's special. He's he's an attraction. Like you know, back in the day, you had like uh, the flying fe- Frenchman Edouard Carpentier, and then you had like you know guys like that who were an attraction. Um, so I, Giant I Gonzalez. Uh, sure. <laughs> but, but yeah, but that's um I like him. He actually brought me a pair of cowboy boots from uh Cavender Boot City uh before I before I left Japan. Oh so, Ninja Mac did? Yeah, because he lives in Houston. Oh, right? that's cool. Oh, does he really? He's is he a Texan guy? He's Texan through and through, baby. I like him. I like him even more now. I like so. him. So how old yeah. is he, Renee? A young guy? Yeah, I think he's still in his twenties, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah, yeah. That, was pretty, a, that oh. was pretty respectful from him then to a senior. Excuse me? Yeah. That was pretty pretty respectful, uh respectable from him to, you know, to yourself, you know, a, a veteran. Oh, you, I thought yeah, I heard I thought I heard senior. Senpai. Senpai. I've re- re- read it before he went off on me. 
thing. Like a lot of these younger foreigners come over and, uh, and I appreciate it very much, you know, but now, now I realize why I don't, uh, when I called Ric Flair and Kane, sir, why they didn't like it. Cause it makes me feel fucking ancient. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a matter of upbringing, you know, like yeah. that could be a real Texan thing as well. I know I was raised. Yes, ma'am. No, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. Not everybody likes it. <laughs> Just trying to catch up on these super chats. Bear with me, everyone. Uh, Polly Muffing, thank you for $5 super chat. Uh, was there thank a you. move you two could do but didn't because of safety or fat didn't fit your character? Any crazy flips, Paul, never tried on TV? Never tried on TV? Um, I mean, for a while, I wasn't allowed to do the shooting star which was extremely frustrating because i could do it better than anybody at the time and i'm not saying that uh arrogantly it's just you could clearly somewhere i remember in like wwe magazine or, or somewhere when kidman and i had our our match at the pay-per-view where he put me out on the stretcher or something there was like side by side still images of his shooting star compared to mine and his, he would just kind of fall off the top rope. Whereas mine, I would jump and get distance and height and, um, land with impact. And, um, so there was, you know, I'd still like to think that I had have one of the best shooting stars in the business ever. I mean, um, I mean, we're talking, I've done shooting stars off the bottom rope, off the second rope. Who else can oh. you say has done that? Um, uh, running off guys' backs. Who's been doing, who's done shooting stars doing that? And this isn't against any guys out there who, who do them. Let me, but, well, let me explain to the fans just how it worked when we were there, okay? You remember yeah. we worked a house show. We were, we were wrestling each other. And I hit you with a, a sit-out Mishinoku, but I had you on my shoulders. Yes. Right? Right. Sparky plug of all people. <laughs> our good friend Sparky raised all hell to everybody in the locker room because it, he thought I hit you with Cena's finish. Oh, really? Yeah, oh yeah. That's yeah. right. I think I I think I do kind of remember this actually. So the fans have to realize like, well, why didn't you do this? Oh, this guy sucks. A lot of stuff we couldn't even do. We couldn't do anything remotely looking like a, a super kick, right? right? Right. Yeah, that's that's actually true. Because I used to do a, I used to do this thing uh, where I would take a a Chester, like a I would take the turnbuckle, they would reverse me, and I'd get thrown in the turnbuckle chest first and kind of stagger out, and they would right. hit the ropes like they were going to close on me, and I'd do a jumping leg lariat. And I, there was a time when I was being told not to do that anymore because they were like, you can't do that jumping super kick anymore. And I felt like it's not a super kick at all. Like it's right. and even like a jumping super kick. What the fuck? It gets yeah. a leg layer. So, you know, well, yeah. Sean went to Tajiri and told him to start doing his kicks. Wow. <sighs> yeah. And that's tough because like when I think of super kick, I think of Sean. Right. But then when you think of Tajiri and you look at the 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 technique and the crispness and the just how 
amazing his kicks look. Fucking it's like, mm, okay, they fit perfectly for what this guy is, like this Japanese assassin, right? Um, so, you know, and I've never seen Tajiri load up, load his kicks by like right. stomping on the ground. And, you know, so there's always going to be performers that feel like, hey, you're doing my move. And I was like, back when I first started with WWE, I didn't, I didn't do the shooting star out of respect because Kidman was a se- a senior, uh, right, James? Um, Senpai, and Senpai. Uh, yeah, but it, you know, just it's one of those etiquette things where you don't do moves for of the higher ups or guys that were there before you. And um, and I remember that was one of the I I I didn't mention this when we were talking about. Johnny Ace, but that was one of the things that like really let me know where I stood towards the end of my run. Coincidentally, funny enough, I was working Charlie Haas, and I think they had us go on like dark or something before one of the TVs, and I uh, was like gonna do the shooter and like kidman was off tv he hadn't i think i don't know if he was still there or not but no one was doing it so i was like well i'm gonna do it uh that's just dark match or something right. i remember johnny ace was like no can't have you doing that move because matt seidel's here and that's gonna be his move and i was sitting here thinking like he hasn't even been on tv yet and you're telling me that I can't do what? Like, so that was another Johnny Aceism where I thought like, that was I don't think their way of saying, listen, we got a new kid in town, a new flavor of the month and uh, we're pushing. you." Yeah. yeah. Or it was like, yeah. I was like, I don't think they want me working here. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was really evident. And, and I think he has a beautiful shooting star. It's more kind of curvy and, um, Dude, I, I seen I seen a clip of him on AEW. Like, I, I was scared because I thought he fucked himself up. He, oh, and he slipped. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. just shows you how quickly you can get. Well, if he lands the wrong way, he could have been a paraplegic, right? I've never slipped on that move. I can't say I've landed him perfectly, but yeah, I've never, never slipped on that move. Never, never landed on the ropes like. Kidman did. Um, oh man, that was in WCW, right? He had a match against was it Regal? He was working. I think it was a few times. He told me one time. He said, "When I jump or when I leave the turnbuckle, I don't have any control over it." And he was telling me this before our pay per view match, where he's supposed to do it to me, like on a stretcher, where I can't move my arms. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, like, "Oh Christ!" Like. Fuck, was, this, like, was, this, was this before or after? Who, who did you like? Was it Chavo? Chavo. Yeah, his knee drove into the side of his head. Boom. And Chavo was out for was out. more than a minute or two. Like, it was oh, scary. Like, scary. out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I can't say I've always landed perfectly on people, but I have probably a 90 to 95% rate of landing on it pretty pretty dead on and not crushing guys heads or faces or breaking their noses or anything yeah. um not 100 percent 
but certainly not as bad as some of these other catastrophic, you know, never put anyone in a hospital, not off of that move at least. Um, so, <laughs> but I mean, stuff that I've never, stuff that I could do that I've never done on TV. I mean, I don't, I tried to always pretty much stay in the realm of what I knew that I could do, you know, especially like TV isn't where you want to try a move that you've never done before. Like that's definitely not, that's ideally for training facilities uh, and then house shows. And then you're telling the guy to move first, but then maybe you'll work up to where you can actually hit it on them. You know, you, you really want to, take into account that you're putting someone else's health in your hands here. And if something goes wrong, like they're not going home to their families or you're going to fuck up their life, their livelihood for a while or permanently, you know, I don't know. So there's well, that, that goes back to our AEW argument. They don't even run home shows. These guys are working once or twice a week. So if you're a new guy coming straight out of their training facility, Right, they used to though, didn't they? Like early on, like a couple of years ago, they were running like kind of house shows, like loose house shows. I thought they were. I don't think so. I don't think it was. They let I might they be do wrong. Let some of the stars wrestle on the indies. Like um, there's the promotion. Is it War- uh, Warrior Wrestling? I think it's called. Yeah, I think um, in Chicago. Yeah, I know they let some of the guys work on some of the indies, but. As for house shows, I don't think they ever did. I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, everyone tell me, but I don't think they ever did. I think they, I don't know. I could be wrong too. I mean, I don't keep up with what they're unless, doing, but I, I thought for a they while did. they were they were trying to do house shows or something. I'm not really sure. Um, unless they but, did, and then when COVID hit, it just put a complete stop to plans on running the house shows there. It's like the UK. They're like, there's some UK fans that's crying out for them to come over here and it looks like they've got no intention of coming over here yet, but that's we'll see. Um, we'll they're get coming over. Some... They're, coming, they're coming up to Canada. I saw. I think maybe October. I think they're doing Toronto back to back nights. Um, oh, really? For, but just right. for tapings, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Red Funks Punks. Uh, Two dollars super chat. Thank you. Where do you see the wrestling world in ten years' time? Dead. Oh, it's dead now. It's, I'd say it's more on life support than dead. Dead would be like, it's not on TV at all. There's no action figures in the stores. It's not spoken of. It's not seen. It's, it's, um, it's near being in a coma, but like a lot of people think, Oh, it's like, biggest and best it's ever been and i think that's easy for people in that to think that they're a part of this grand wave of of where they think it's at but again i think like a while back you had kind of ran off the numbers of the ratings renee and i remember you were saying i mean it's not even close i mean if AEW struggles to draw a million each week i don't know if they hit million consistently i don't think that Dude, they do they struggle, they struggle they have a friday night show where they struggle to get half a million yeah right. and that's so 
that's leading in from SmackDown, which usually gets what two million on average. Now, yeah, yeah, and I think when we were there, which was again considered kind of a down period, it was what like four. Oh, double or... easily. Okay, easy. yeah. So, so then you want to think back to, you know, Attitude Era, or you know, Paul, some... Paul the Sunday Night Heats and Velocities were higher rated than the, the any main show today. <laughs> wow. yeah, really. Yeah. Wow. Even, uh, even WWE ECW is, was higher rated than any of the main shows today. God. Yeah. I wonder what the ratings were for the ECW on TNN. Remember that? When they were on the Nashville uh, network? Or something? If I could, dude, I don't know why I remember this, but I think they did just under a million. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Back in the day. Yeah, but that it was a shitty time slot. I think it was on a Friday night. like a Right. Right, and it was a network that not a lot of people were familiar never, with, or yeah, they never gave them any uh, promotion. How do people watch Impact now? I mean, I know it still exists, but how is that only through online, or is that on a channel? Because like they used to be on like Destination America, and like all these channels that were like in the thousands, where like you would have to have some sort of super cable package to be like, oh, here's like the poker channel, here's like the golf channel. Right. And here's like the take your garbage out channel. And here's like the laundry channel. I'm like, oh, what's this Destination America stuff? Like, oh, this is like some like heavy Republican conservative channel or so. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. Like Destination I America. I, I think overall, if they get 100,000 viewers, that's considered a success for them. Okay. Yeah, we get more ratings. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> we actually do. Uh, I've I've seen it go as low as like twenty five thousand. But how do people yeah. watch it? Is it on? They've, they've it got is? the um, so they've got an Impact Plus app. I think you can watch it through that way. And there's also the YouTube channel. What's got a um, a premium option? And you oh. pay to watch it, Impact on YouTube. You can watch it that way. Mm. But no one pays subscription <laughs> on YouTube. So um, I don't know. that's why we're keeping this free. That's, that's why we're keeping this free, everyone. We haven't done a Patreon yet, like every other podcast. Right. Um, free. So on to, on on that uh, about viewers, uh, bunga bunga. Thank you, two pounds super chat. Thank How you, bunga should, bunga. Bunga bunga. How should <laughs> AW slash WWE bring in new casual fans? Have people stand out on television. Don't all look the same. Definitely that. I didn't watch SummerSlam. I didn't even know it was going on this past weekend until James mentioned it to me. Um, I think I think bringing in the celebrity crossover stuff, like, I don't know, was it like Logan Paul or something? I mean, I, I can see that that being like their attempts at trying to bring in his audience. And I don't know if it worked. Maybe it did. Uh, like the Johnny Knoxville thing at SummerSlam, Ronda I heard Rousey. that was like, yeah, Ronda Rousey, you know, so uh, Bad Bunny, you know, like so, and I've heard Bad Bunny was a better performer than half the roster. Uh, yeah. So the same thing's being know. said about that Logan Paul guy. Yeah, I mean the guy's he knows how to draw money. I mean, and he knows how to, you know, he knows how to be a showman. I mean. Right. Uh, apparently he's a d 
decent boxer. I don't know. I haven't seen any of his kind of exhibitions or any of that stuff. But Paul, um, in your opinion, what what is that like? What does that show the audience when you can bring a rapper or a YouTuber and they outshine your your so called professionals or you know what I mean? Ex- yeah, yeah. I mean, what does that say? Yeah. That maybe oh, they need Tal- to redo the oh. the trainers. I don't know. I don't know. Well, tell Renee what I told you about the IC title. Oh, that you you had told me that it. You know, obviously, it used to be so prestigious. I mean, I think James was saying when he thinks of the IC title, he thinks of Bret Hart. When I think about it, I also think of Bret Hart. I think of Mr. Perfect. I think of Ultimate Warrior. I think of, like, just, you know, like the, the purple belt, um, the white belt when Sean had it, when he was just turning heel. Uh, Ricky Steamboat. Ricky, of course, Ricky Steamboat. You know, so apparently it hasn't been – featured and or defended on a WrestleMania in, would you say, like a year and a half? No. So, on pay-per-view, Renee. Oh, on pay-per-view. Jesus. The IC title has not been defended since WrestleMania 7. To put that into context, WrestleMania 38 was back in April. Wait, WrestleMania 7? 37. So the last time we got oh, defended... 37. Was, I was like, what? Oh, we're not that bad. No, so it, was, uh, so it was between Apollo Crews and Biggie, and that was at WrestleMania 37. That's the last time it's been defended on pay-per-view. And to put that into context, WrestleMania 38 was back in March, so a year and a half since it's been on pay-per-view. Oh. That's a joke. That's another, that's another thing. Too many titles. But that should be the second to the world title. At least that's kind of how we always saw it, you know. Yeah. Of course, we came up and it was just like, there's tag titles, intercontinental title, world title. That's it. Oh, there wasn't any of this, like, 24-7 title and, like, yeah. TNT but, title and blah, blah, blah title. And but even, even during your eras... Now, one thing, because uh, I can make a case there should only be one women's champion. And yeah. during your era, what I enjoyed, on Raw, you had the world champion, you had the IC champion, the women's champion, and, and like the world tag team champs. And on SmackDown, you had WWE US, and you had the cruiserweights. So that's what I enjoyed. You had the women's on one show, and you had the cruiserweights on another show. But now... There's two women's champions and like fight they unify the tag titles, which they had to, but way too many titles and to see the IC title what? and IC says the ball. For me, the IC title is my favorite title growing up. And the fact that it hasn't been defended since WrestleMania thirty seven that a year and a half ago is a fucking disgrace. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the titles look the same too. I'm not really sold on a lot of the new designs over the past several years they don't they don't look that prestigious um i remember there was a time when the tag belts looked like pennies um like yeah. copper coins and it's just like yeah. what the fuck is this uh what happened to the european title what happened to that i remember when bulldog was like what happened to that title is that just said- done away with i remember when they had uh seamus or say cesaro or rusev and I don't know if 
they've ever done this idea, but I thought it'd be a perfect idea and it'll just bring heat so easily. Have a European foreigner win the United States title. Tell him that I hate America. I know it's classic old school, but I hate America. I'm going to bring prestige to this title. Chucks the title into the garbage, brings out the European title, instant heat. You could have done that, Exactly. Yeah. Funny enough, there was a time when I had the uh, Cruiserweight title, and I mean, talk about a title that didn't mean anything because they just didn't want it to mean anything. I remember I went up to Eddie, believe it or not, and I said, you know, I really want to voice this thought that I have to Vince, but I don't really know how to go about it. And he was like, well, he signs your checks, doesn't he? And I said, yes. And he goes, well, then you have every right to go on there and knock on his door and just talk to him. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I went to Vince's office. I knocked, come in or whatever the hell. And I walked in there and I remember I said, I, I can't remember exactly how I worded it, but I basically presented the idea um, stealing a page out of Shane Douglas's book. I said, what, what if we do this thing where I talk about how this title doesn't have any respect? Nobody, like half the people don't even know it exists. Hell, you're not even mentioning it at house shows. You're, you know, you're mentioning like concession stand titles before you're even mentioning my title. Uh, so why don't I just throw it in the garbage or blow it up or do something, just destroy it. And let me reintroduce a new style ba- or a new title based on style. And this was kind of X division. I think for like the early parts of X division, but it, it was just, it was a chance to kind of introduce a, 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 a new title in place of the cruiserweight title in hopes that it would gain some traction or some attention and start to kind of be something that was people were excited about. And he was like, it's not the title. That's the problem. It's all of you guys, you know, y'all are so vanilla and there's nothing exciting about the division. And that's the problem. It's not the title. It's, it's like, <sighs> <laughs> you know I mean? was he like putting a promo on you? Like kind of, I was like, so you're saying we need to put some sprinkles on the vanilla yogurt, maybe some walnuts or some is gummy bears. You, is that what you came out with the tassels? Yeah, there actually. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I did everything I could to try and get that title over, right. but you know, it wasn't until I voiced my opinion about doing the shooting star and this and that, that I got punished. And then I think I'm still the only person who's, had the title switch or lost the title on a weekend show on like velocity. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that was a nice swift kick in the nuts. <laughs> uh, another super you know. chat by JDWJC11. Thank you for the $5. Uh, thoughts on people kicking out, thoughts on people kicking out the tombstone power driver or the Rikishi bonsai drop. I don't think anyone should kick out of them except maybe Kane. Okay. I mean, yeah. I yeah, again, think in your head 
what it would be like to be drilled right on your head with the addition of another person's body weight. And if you should not only kick out of that, but if you would even be conscious or alive. So disrespecting a move like that by kicking out and then going into like right into something else and something else. And then people forget that the move even occurred because you're already doing some other bullshit just destroys the value of the move. And I remember working in Mexico one time against in a tag real early on in my career against these guys, the headhunters. Do you remember them? They were like Puerto Rican twins and they were yeah, huge. You were, you were, you were yeah. those guys? Yeah, dude. Wow. And I took a frog splash from one of them. And oh, holy shit. I don't think I've ever stepped on a bug maliciously like oh there's an insect ah i've never done that since because i could instantly sympathize with how bad that hurt where it felt like all my guts were pressed out of me my eyeballs were popping like it 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 he just just pulverized me and so i just thought legit what 350 oh dude yeah and they were doing like moonsault onto you or frog splashes or something and the mat was already very hard because it was like uh, in Mexico. Uh, so it was like running in sand. But that squash hurts so bad that like, you know, I can only imagine like a, rikri- a rikishi, you know, what's it called? The rikishi bomb or something? or the Okay, yeah. But like I think of it as like the Yoko bonsai drop, you know, like that. Oh, bonsai drop, yeah. Especially if he's sitting on top of you for the count. Like, I I felt that way with Kurt Angle's ankle lock. Like, here's a, oh like, really the most legit guy you have. But at one point in time, everybody was getting out of it. Everybody was getting out of it. You know, what yeah, I mean? rolling through it and yeah, yeah. So I, I felt at one point in time it didn't mean as much, right? You should have, yeah, yeah. But whatever. <sighs> uh, yeah. Big Red Snake, thank you for the $5 super chat. Um, yeah, I think this is towards me. You you changed how you pronounce the English, English language back in the 1800s. We're the leftovers <laughs> from a real accent. Um, <laughs> did any of you three see Ric Flair's worst match? I think he means, well, I think he means the last match from last night, but I presume it was pretty bad. Did any of you watch it? I, I heard about it. I heard it was really, really scary and sad. I didn't watch it. I just, I think I saw a clip where he was like wearing like a purple outfit or something. Oh, he's wearing like yeah. a, a shirt. Yeah. Like a muscle But it shirt. matched his, but it matched his like panties, right? Yeah. Yeah. He had his, yeah. He had the red, uh, not the, the, the purple boots and purple knee pads and stuff. Yeah. Purple panties. Purple panties. Manties. Hey, I had purple <laughs> panties too. I know, I know, I know. And you, you wore it well. You did. You had a great body. Still do. You didn't have the shirt on over it. It didn't look like a. I'm wearing like purple now. I got a purple towelie shirt on. Oh man! <laughs> oh, oh that's I, a good one. I sent, I sent Paul the clip of the uh, South Park the wrestling episode. We have to do a watch along one day. Yeah. 
Let's do it. I but no, I didn't see the I didn't see the flare match. Um, you know, yeah, I didn't see it. Was it any good? I don't know. I saw that he bled. I saw that like Taker was there and. Oh shit! Bret Hart was there. Bret Hart, right? There. They were all sitting together or something. So that was kind of cool. Was that... Oh yeah, it was. Was he really? Yeah, it was a big, a big deal, man. But apparently, he went into the match injured. His foot, I guess, it was very visible. Like you could tell he was hurt going in, and he didn't do much. And uh... yeah, man, like it's tough because, like, as Flair, do you want to see his last match? be a tag match that is, is probably a bit diluted, you know, because he may not be in the like match to, like part of believe, the time. I like to believe his last match was against Shawn Michaels, and that will always stay in my head. That was his last match. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, I like Rick. I mean, I he's always been very cool and respectful to me, and um, a lot of people don't know this, but the first time I ever got drunk on Maker's Mark was with Ric Flair and Kevin Nash, like just wow. the three of us oh, wow. sitting at this bar. Wow. Yeah, sitting at this bar and somewhere in Connecticut uh, after an indie show. And I'm sitting here just kind of awestruck that I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here with right. Ric Flair and Nash? But they invited me. And it, so it was just like the three of us at the bar and Nash is saying, do you ever try Maker's Mark? Like, nope. It was tonight's the night. And I got so fucking drunk that the bar, fortunately, was kind of across the road, not like that close, but in the vicinity of the airport. And I go from the bar on foot with my bags running to the airport just to make my flight while I'm fucking drunk off my ass. And, uh, dude, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I just thought like, Oh my God. Like, what am I doing here? This is so crazy. I actually <laughs> rode, I rode with flair and Randy one time. Right. And then, uh, I fell asleep in the back seat and then, uh, <laughs> you know, who was on job duty for the next six months. Oh <laughs> man. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Matt G, thank you for the five dollars super chat. Uh, Paul was a highlight to Cafe Day Renee. Hope you guys continue the schedule. <laughs> well, schedule. Merci, merci beaucoup. <laughs> yeah, the schedule that I must fucked up. <laughs> what? What? Oh, I know he did. Oh, did I tell you what happened, Paul? I told Renee. Long story short, I was walking a dog. I had my phone in my hand. My dog all, all of a sudden took off, dropped my phone, smashed my phone. So now. I'm on my child's tablet, and it's not even a proper tablet. It's like an Amazon Kids tablet. So, <laughs> oh it's like a speaking spell. You. Yeah, basically, might as well. That's why I couldn't answer your WhatsApp messages. Um, oh, that's okay. Matt, so I'm the I'm the only one in the three of us that has a cell phone. Cool. At the you moment, are. Yeah. And you don't answer <laughs> when I called you twice, Paul. I know. Yeah, I didn't recognize the. I I need to put it. I can't call Canada for some reason. Like my phone plan sucks, okay, but I should have answered. I need to just put that in as you because now I'm like, who the fuck? What is this area code? I promise I won't keep you on the phone long if I call you. No, yeah. no, that's I fine. Like, I don't like talking uh, on the phone either. I don't either. But uh, Matt asked, uh, "What's one thing you guy uh, you guys would change about the wrestling business today?" 
I'd make it more like Bloodsport, you know, like the movie. They tried that. Tried that. Dude, it didn't work. Remember Shane McMahon? No. Idea? That was a fucking joke. That was like, <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah, that was a fucking like, there's this underground fight ring where we all beat each other off and then we <laughs> fight in a ring with no ring. And it's so underground that we're so mysterious that we're actually on national television. It lasted. That's what, how secretive it is. <laughs> yeah, that was. I would be willing to bet that that was Shane and all his delusions thinking. Um, let's 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 strip like Lucha Underground of its atmosphere. And take all these things that made that a unique presentation and let's make it edgy and cool like Fight Club. And the first rule about Fight Underground will be that everybody knows about it and we'll put it on national TV. Like it's so mysterious. And we'll have like bouncers and like strippers. And like, like, oh my God, what a fucking dork. Dude, I've heard so, so many like guys in the business, like the Bret Hart's and the Cornets, all saying that it would be better if Shane took over. But my experience is like, no, not at all. Not at all. No, uh, no, uh, not at all. Um, I mean, yeah, I, you know, we grew up and well, I grew up especially in the eighties. And there was just so many characters, yeah. and they were all so colorful. Here's another. Different. Oh, different, so right? different. Yeah. Here's another like piece of tip, advice, whatever the hell you want to think of it. Whether you're a wrestler watching this or not, please get gear that is a different color than black or red, like. But definitely don't and, – and, and if you see that the person you're working with is wearing the same colors as you, please have an alternate color. I am so tired of seeing p- people in the matches wearing the same colors or, like, everyone's wearing black. Dude, with that, that being said, I turned, the, I, I, I turned the channels one day. This is when they had Elias. He was the guy with the guitar, right? He had a beard? Yeah. Okay. And then – on the same show, they had Seth Rollins. They looked exactly alike. Yes. I mean, that's not what you want for your presentation. You literally want as many colors on the on the spectrum as you can present. And again, I think of it back as a circus. You know, the clowns looked very different than the acrobats looked very different than the fire breather looked very different than the lion tamer and yeah. It's all so different, you know, and so everything is is highlighted in in a way that it should be, so that the whole show is just something very grand and uh, and you don't feel like you're seeing repeats. People stand out, and it's like, oh, I'm going for the guy in black biker shorts. Oh, which one? Oh, uh, well, the one with like the tribal tattoo. Oh, which which one? Oh, well, like the one like that's trying to be like a MMA guy. Oh, wait, which one? They all like, you know, so it's just do you really want to do something to make yourself stand out? I'm not and I'm not making it seem like okay, so dress as your favorite manga character and like dress as your favorite cartoon or Marvel hero 
Like, I mean, you have to kind of find the, fi- the, the fine line there because just because you dress like a superhero doesn't mean that you come off as one, right. you know? Like, just like if just because you dress like an MMA guy doesn't mean you come off as one, you know? So, right. So that's, like, that's, uh, let's go back to the old school. Why did Abdul the Butcher was such an attraction? Was it because of his fucking work ethic? No, because you, you look completely different. And same thing with Brody. You know what I mean? Same thing with uh, the original Sheik. He was completely different from everybody, right? I mean, you can even make that that argument with Hogan. You know what I mean? Um, look at Warrior. You know, once, you know, he wasn't as colorful and flamboyant as Dingo Warrior. And, you know, and that's one of those things is like early Vinceisms where say what you will, you know, about the guy being an absolute piece of shit human being, you know, he did have kind of that circus mentality, which is bizarre because P.T. Barnum is actually buried in Connecticut. I can't exactly remember where, but yeah, he's buried in a cemetery that he designed. (laughs) Or something, yeah. PT Barnum is incredible, but but Paul, we say that uh, give credit to Vince, but I think we all know Pat Patterson had a lot to do with that. Yeah, yeah, I would like to think so. Absolutely, you know, a hundred. But it's just, yeah, it's it's making colorful characters. Like, yeah, I I was very entertained by the evil clown Doink. Mm. You know, like it wasn't until he started becoming just kind of a clown and kind of just whatever. And then there was like several people playing him. And, but early on when he was kind of this evil clown, when Matt Bourne was, was yeah. under the makeup, I thought like, this is, this is really refreshing. Like this is yeah. very cool. You know? So when, you know, when, when, when Doink was a heel as a kid, I was scared of it. Right. Yeah. 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 He takes his arm off and he's like whacking, Hawaiian Crush, <laughs> which I was also a big fan of. Hawaiian yeah. Crush, I loved Crush. Yeah, Corona I even liked Crush. Crush when he came back as like the jailbird thing after he had, you know, because they took that real life occurrence of him having been arrested in Hawaii for like Still, all these drugs yeah. and like illegal firearms and like all this shit. It was like, oh my god, this guy's legit badass like what the hell I and mean, they put clarence mason with him which didn't make a clarence lot of sense mason, but, yes yeah oh, i love that whole era but See, i think that I was looked at as kind fan. of a down period yeah See, i miss being a fan too being a fan and it's not but ultimately isn't that why we're here isn't that why we're talking right now isn't that why we're doing all this right now it's because there's that yearning to you know, you're hoping that something on television will spark that again. Mm-hmm. You know, all personal feelings aside, whether we like these people or not, or whether we think they're worth a the shit or not, aren't you still, and, and that could go for a lot of the old school fans. Like, aren't you just yearning for something to kind of give you that feeling again? And the closest thing for me, Paul, that they've done was the Wyatt family. Okay, I I, I didn't. Thought, yeah, I didn't see a lot of that. I know of it, yeah. but I figured that was some yeah. writer who was like, "I'm a fan of this movie, Get Out, or what? Not Get Out, whatever. Uh, 
No, that was me. I pitched T.I. West. Ty West. Devil's, I think he made a Devil, move. Devil's Rejects. Okay, there was a bit of that, but I thought there was – maybe one of the listeners will know what I'm talking about. You're Next. Well. You're Next. No, it's the movie called You're Next. I think that was the one. Um, I'll have to check that out. And it was like guys with animal masks or something. Either yeah, which way, I agree. The more colorful and grandiose and just out there, yeah. you know, you're bound to really draw some attention. And that's really what it ultimately should be. You know, you would think each match should look different. And that's another thing, too, is guys are, by doing every move in the book in every match, well, of course you've seen it by the second, third match. You've, you've kind of, like you were saying, you've already seen a guy bleed and like this and this and this. So ultimately it always kind of falls back on the booker, the promoter, the agents, whatever. They're not making this stuff stand out. They're not highlighting it properly. I think a lot of those AEW agents are just happy to get a big payday, right? Yes, um, boss. They must, right. they, must, they must have good catering. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, catch up on some super chats. I'm about an hour behind on super chats. Uh, by the way, one, um, it's 20 past 2 a.m. over here. So if you're thankful for me staying up, please hit that subscribe button. It really does help us out. <laughs> please. Uh, Thank you, James. Let's go through these questions real quick because I really have to go to the bathroom. Okay. Uh, quick one. Dr. Harry Weiner, the seventh floor of Ballsack, Kentucky. Loving these names, Love guys. Uh, <laughs> so am I. That stands out. Thank you for two dollars. Paul and Brian are the best tag team of all time. No. Oh, I thank you. That's very nice, but I strongly disagree. I mean, I like I, the I thank you the fact against Slow resistance one day. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. I was a big Slow Resistance uh, fan before I got up there. I was like, this is fresh. They're wearing like great colors. They have great outfits. They have heat. They look great. Um this is fucking awesome. Like I was Yeah, man, let's was, get you and Brian on good speaking terms again. And then I know Sly's booking for a promotion out in um South Carolina. Was, How yeah. random is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, they're begging me to Jesus. go down there. I guess. So, oh my god. Uh, but thank Derek you, J, Derek J nine two five. Thank you for the five dollar shout out to Paul. I'm young with gray hair and needed a new hairstyle. Got a modified <laughs> Paul London at the shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not right coloring back. it Here's yet. Um, yeah, go piss. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on some side projects at the moment where I, I need to look a little weathered. So uh, thank hey, you Paul, for being Paul. so understanding. Yeah. What what do we really think of Renee? I can still hear you. Apparently the big the big thing is that everyone's like he he needs to get better lighting. He needs more lighting. Wherever he, he's always in a cave. <laughs> so my brother said that. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all about the lighting. Um, he loves you, by the way, my brother. He said, "I can't believe you got Paul on the show." And yep, he's part of the family. Who said that? Uh, my kid brother. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've been told a long time, like, you need to do a podcast, podcast, and it's just none of it has ever really felt that good. Yeah. Like, I'm just, you know, you have to have a good feeling about the people involved and, like, what you're talking about. So with that, and I love ta talking with you guys. Like, it's something I've, you know, it takes a lot for me to want to do one of these. Uh, so with you guys, it's it's fun. And I really enjoy it. And you, and thank you to James. I mean, you make this all so feasible. And uh, yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Whether yeah. I watch the shows or not, it's a pleasure. <laughs> really I still want that abbreviated thirty-minute version. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send it through next time. Uh, Roy Dotson, thank you for the five dollars uh, for un uh, the new United States champion, Paul London. Oh, God! Not not the current state of the U.S. <laughs> it's a scary time out there. Hopefully, people are uh, yeah, taking care of themselves. I was watching the news. Your country is officially in recession. It's yeah. it's bad. It's bad. Things are scary. You know. I hope that just mentally, I hope people are doing what they need to do to take care of themselves. I think... You're, um, you're, are you in California right now, Paul? I am... Somewhere? Somewhere. I'm okay, well, here, were, but I'm not were, all there. If you were <laughs> to be, say, in California, I heard that they want... The government of uh, California wants to recycle the sewage water in the drinking water. I think it already tastes like that. So I don't know. Yeah, I they should recycle the people. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, uh, question for you, Renee. Uh, Tucker Carlson's huge balls. I'm loving these names. <laughs> Not quite Horsecock Express, but we're getting there. <laughs> um, Anthony Green, someone you tagged with in uh, nowhere in the N1 victory. Uh, he is who been kicked out's replacement. Uh, thoughts on how he'll do in general? Uh, I didn't get to see him enough to really. He's a very respectful, uh, colorful because his outfit's pretty colorful. I commented on his mustache. I go, "You look like a '70s porn star," but. Uh, who is this yeah. you're talking about? It cut out. I couldn't understand. Anthony Green, did, have you ever run him? Oh, right. Yeah. Funny enough, he and I were we worked each other a couple of, like a few years ago on an independent show. This is before he went to the entertainers, mm. and he had a picture of he and I where he was like a little kid as like a, a fan that we had That's... taken together. I'm sitting here now wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, like, Jesus, this is a time warp. So, yeah. yeah. That's what he told me, too. He said, did you debut in Boston? I go, yeah, I think, yeah, that's where we debuted. He goes, I was there. And I said, how old are you? He says, 28. So I said, you were probably, like, eight years old. I was like, yeah. God, I'm yeah. making me feel old, kid. <laughs> yeah, you knocked that goddamn mustache off your face. <laughs> uh, Joe Morrison, thank you for the $5. Um, Thank you. Let's see. 
you uh, a great with your donations today, uh, tonight, chat. Thank you very much. I feel like we're doing like a telethon or something. You know, we got to buy James a new goddamn phone because he dropped it and broke it. And then you get a new screen tomorrow. Um, it would be get you some lighting. Um, 60 quid. <laughs> oh, God. I've seen some chat. I won't mention the guy, but yeah, what a dick. It's one. It's one. It's one. Um, uh, names. What's called like a password is their name. Uh, so, uh, uh, just Morrison. Thank you. Oh, that was some dickhead. Uh, just Morrison. You. Thank you again for the five dollars. Um, what's your thoughts on Melina? I've never seen someone seem so nice but be so hated at the same time. I think it, I think the fan got to her head, right? Like a lot of people. Is that what happened? Possibly. <clears throat> um, I'm buds with Johnny Morrison, whatever, Johnny Mundo, Johnny named the show after him. Yeah, whatever. Uh, love the guy. I think he's one of the most underused talents that they really fucked up on. Uh, when especially this last time that he was up there, and um, I never had any ill dealings with her, mm. but just from what you catch wind of, she wasn't uh, treating him very nicely, uh, and you know, I can see where she rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, literally. Um, so I remember uh I remember this big wrestler's court. Yeah, this big wrestler's court going on in Australia where it seemed like everybody was like turning on her and uh making her, you know, basically making her cry. And I was just like, why am I here? Like I I need to be upstairs like sleeping. I this I have nothing to do with this shit. Like this is this is this sucks. Um but, you know, we had done signings together, and like I said, I always had really positive interactions for her, especially when we were doing stuff with the M&M, and, you know, we were finding ways to use her. You know, there was, when we when we went over on them for the tag titles, I want to say it was like a Judgment Day, or it was in Phoenix, it was at a pay-per-view, and we had creatively come up with a way for her to break up the pin from she was on the floor and I had done the drop salt to uh, Johnny and landed on Mercury for this big falsy. And it was like one, two, and she got in and like screamed into the ref's ear to where it broke up the pin. And uh, I always thought that was a really cool way that we made use of her it's different yeah. abilities. Yeah, it was very different, right? And she, and now it's like, how many girls do you see do the splits entrance into the ring thing, right? Whether they're doing like kind of the front splits or whatever, but I don't think that had been seen before she that's, did that. That's definitely one of the sexiest intros or entrances, I should say, right? Yeah, especially when she fell off the apron a couple of times. That was always pretty entertaining. But um but I mean but still, no, but like all jokes aside, like that was super unique entrance. And now I'm sure there's one on each show that does something very similar. Right. Um so, you know, she definitely made her mark uh 
in more ways than one. No, but she she definitely yeah. I didn't have any issues with her. I just didn't like the way she she appeared to treat a friend of mine. Yeah. All right. Okay, James. Uh, Owen White. Like, hurry this shit. <laughs> Owen White, thank you for the five dollars. I think it's Australian. Uh, super chat. Uh, do Renee and Paul remember seeing themselves in a video game for the first time? Did they have to do much voiceover work? I only saw myself in the video game once I left the WWF, and I uh, yeah, and I never played. I never played myself. Uh, and the voice work, it, yeah. was done over, it was done over a three-hour period. Uh, I think it was in Cape Cod. If I'm not oh, mistaken. really? Wow. That's quite yeah. a memory. Uh, I don't know why. My, I only did it once. So. I think my cousins in Colorado played it one time I was there for some holiday. <laughs> and we they started playing the game. And that by that point... You know, for me, video games, if they don't require quarters and have a joystick and like an A, B button, it's already too complicated for me. And it's yeah, like, you I have to do a combination people... of stuff just yep. to do like a punch? Like, what the fuck? What the, I why can't I just people... mash the button? I don't know how people play those. It's too complicated. My brain doesn't process that shit. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that this is actually... So when WrestleMania was in Chicago, when we were up there, yes, this is when I ruined your bathroom. We'll get to that point in a minute. Um, We were in Chicago, and so you're there for the whole week doing media and all these things. And then we had the Superstar like video game challenge. Somehow I had been pulled into this thing and i wasn't complaining because i thought like well you know this is cool but they're they actually they're acknowledging that i work here um and so we were at uh, i can't remember the name of the, the restaurant bar where they were holding this video game tournament but they told us like hey it's open bar for you guys so i got shit-faced and ate plate after plate after plate of like sweet potato fries <laughs> and then had to do this video game tournament thing and i ended up beating edge like in the semifinals and actually went to the finals against shelton who's like the forever yeah. champion of right. the video game tournament right they probably don't even do the video game tournament anymore because it was just like well, what's the point like shelton's gonna win it so um but I just remember, you know, not having any idea what I was doing. I'm just mashing buttons, but somehow I'm in the finals now against Sheldon. And I mean, he eventually beat me. But then, funny enough, later that night, you know, we're, we're hanging out, Renee and I, and I ended up throwing up in his bathtub. Now I remember. Just, it must have been, it, it on, in like, it's like when you're so fucked up that you're laughing and throwing up. And like flexing, like all at the same time, and like we, it was like the funniest thing. It made no sense, and I felt like I filled up like a fourth of his tub 
Just yeah, you clogged it. Like, you clogged it. I couldn't use it. Compl- yeah, and like you had to switch rooms or something. And so. oh, yeah, and then oh, I felt so bad afterwards. Like once I was came through, but that was funny enough. I mean, that was that was one of my fondest memories of Mania Week. Um, of any was, Mania Week. That was the first time I ever went to a Ring of Honor shows with you. We went backstage. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so. Then, What's the promoter's name? What was his name? Uh, Who Gabe? Yeah, yeah. I actually complimented him, right? Because I, I, it was the one really good sound system, one light over the ring. It was like an old. It felt like going watching. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And I actually shook his hand, complimented him. He looked at me and this look. He's, he's one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, like I was. Yeah, like I'm complimenting you, man. And you like looked at me like. I had like fucking shit. I think he was just nervous. You know, he's probably nervous. uh, He gave me a look of disgust. Like, why are you doing? I'm like, because I'm a fucking wrestler. I'm a wrestling fan, first and foremost. I'm complimenting you on your show. Anyway. Right. Another $5 super chat from uh, Rumham. Uh, Rumham, you're back. We miss you. Uh, do you guys think wrestling should just go on streaming services instead of airing weekly on cable? I'm 23 and I ha- and hardly anyone I know watches cable anymore. I think that's where it's headed. Uh, if it's not already there. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think for those remote towns and places out in the boonies like that still watch cable there should be some options for them so i i wouldn't like it to see just strictly on streaming services i think that's when you i i don't know i think i think professional wrestling should always be on some form of television even if it's just local independent cable access bullshit i think that's part of the charm you know, but dude, they the question was asked like, where do you see it in ten years? The way like technology is going, God, you know what I mean, uh, so it'll be, yeah, it'll be virtual reality. Right, there probably already is. I'm sure there's somebody developing a virtual reality program where it's like you, the fans, can now be the wrestler. I mean, right. It's kind of how it is now. If you look at the rosters, um, so, <laughs> yeah. Next question, uh, bro. Yeah, another yeah. super chat from Ron Ham. Thank you again for another five dollars. Uh, the only beautiful championship in WWE is currently the NXT UK Championship. It's also never shown because NXT UK is only on Peacock. Have you seen that belt? Uh, I have. I'm trying to picture in my head. I know quite a few of those performers. Great talent over there. There's a lot of great talent over there. It's a shame that they're not highlighted more because there's a ton of really good talent over there. Uh, and these are guys that I've worked with, like Kenny Williams and, you know, um, God, now I'm drawing blanks. That's the worst. Uh, but, you know, the Coffee Brothers. Yeah, and, those guys are good. 
you know, uh, James Drake. Joe Coffey's actually, yeah, actually a big fan of the channel, by the way. I love Joe. Yeah. Joe and Mark are amazing guys, amazing talents. Yeah. Um, you know, so they had a few of those guys on Cruiserweight 206 or whatever that crap was, and then it got absorbed, I think, and they split them up and put them in on the UK show. Um, and uh, but Kenny Williams, that's one to watch on the rise. I don't know if he goes by Kenny Williams now, but I'm not uh, sure. yeah. Uh, Michael Brandy Matt, two dollars. They matched the Euro title with the IC in 02. They sure did. Uh, Eamon, what's, he, what's his nickname again, Renee? Seaman Eamon Demon. the Seaman Demon. That's right. <laughs> Um, I'm not a fan of modern wrestling. Uh, sorry, I'm not a fan of modern entrance designs for the shows. It's all too colorful. I miss the entrance stages from the guys' era. We're all different from your era. Sorry. Uh, things change. Some people like it. Some people don't. I guess. Right. I mean, I'm thinking back to even when they had the just the spotlight, the guys coming down the tunnel, like, or coming down the entrance way. And it just is like, Whoa, this is, this is getting, this is getting crazy. Like who is this behemoth coming down the aisle? Yeah. You know, uh, new Bob Doe. Thank you for the $5. Uh, Paul as thank one you. of the many bright spots of early ROH. How did you feel about the company? The emphasis on tag teams seemed pretty unique at the time. I mean, I think a lot of what they were doing seemed unique at the time. Um, you know, that was that was a real feather in my cap to be a part of such a early movement of something that was different and unique. I mean, when I was coming up in Texas, you always heard like the Northeast is really where you got to be to work with the best talents and get the most publicity. It was usually yeah. what the magazines were covering was Explosive. Northeast stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so to be a part of this, you know, this, uh, this uprising, this kind of new bad boy kind of thing. And it's not to say like, Oh, we're trying to be like the new ECW. Cause it wasn't, I mean, it had guys that had been through the ECW system, but it was still kind of blazing its own path and doing its own thing and, and the, the handshakes and it was very cool. You know, it's very different than what is being paraded around as ring of honor now. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Gabe and Doug, I think a lot of those guys did amazing stuff. I mean, uh, I I loved collaborating with them whenever I was, you know, going and getting the next match and the next match and the next attempt at trying to build me up. And I'm forever grateful for the platform they allowed me to to showcase myself on. So, um, you know, I have very fond memories about all that. I I can't say that I keep up with any of it now in terms of what it what it is. I didn't really watch a lot of it during the Carrie Silken years either. But, you know, a lot of big stars have come out of that whole system. So, you know, it was definitely a product with integrity for a long time. So, I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm number 20 in PWI top 500. <laughs> Is he looking up at Tony? I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Paul, the Dark Knight returns. Thank you for the $10. Uh, Paul, how cringe was Matt Hardy's broken gimmick? <laughs> it was the highlight for backyarders everywhere. It was, uh, you know, I think they had the first backyarder pay-per-view on Impact. Um, well, it was like literally in the backyard, right? Yes. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, say what you will about the guys that made big stars out of themselves, but like they're still just kind of glorified backyarders. I mean, is that where he like he came out with an English accent for some reason and played? The I don't know. I don't know. Like Sweeney Todd? The giant yeah, yeah, version? Yeah, Sweeney Todd, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I just let's remember talk, this idiot in the woods with a gun trying to look tough and just what the fuck? Sure, fireworks. <laughs> hillbilly shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk some good stuff. So, Enormous Peter, thank you for the $5. Who's on your Mount Rushmore for wrestlers? Ooh. Go ahead. Yeah, that's tough. Can it's I do gonna have more than. Four faces on it. Yeah, go ahead. Yours are going to be all girls, I'm sure. Yeah. The point <laughs> you've actually just mentioned one. Um, it, and I'm not saying these are the best wrestlers of all time. These are just my personal favorites. Uh, because the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, in my opinion, is uh, Rock, Austin, Hogan, Flair. But my personal four, uh, number one's Brett, obviously. Number two, Jeff Hardy. I love Jeff Hardy. Uh, number three, Rock. Number four, Kurt Angle. Am I next? You're next, Renee. If, if you want to be. Okay, so I'm, you know, I'm big on history and all that jazz, right? Old school. So I'd have to say, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. He's definitely on there. You gotta put, you gotta put Hogan on there, whether you like him or or dislike him, right? Uh. I have to put Brett on there. And then you got to put Austin Rock. But then you got to go to Japan, too. I mean, yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's such an impossible question to answer. You got to put a note on there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tiger Mask. You got to put Tiger. Who's more influential than him? And Dynamite. Yeah, or Jushin, Jushin Liger, Hashimoto, Masawa, Mudo, Chono, you know. Kodashi, fuck, there's so many. I mean, this, this, it's, uh, yeah, so many. I mean, I can only really kind of answer this from a Mark's perspective as a kid. You know, I would definitely put Mr. Perfect Kerhanig on there. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, I would put Sean Michaels on there. Um, say what you would, but I would put Brett on there. Thing is, my you know, my family frowned upon me being so obsessed with wrestling, but Brett was like the acceptable 
guy for me to love to watch because he just was real. Like he didn't really insult your intelligence and he wasn't trying to play this character in a sense. He was just, he was like straightforward and just very respectable. And so that was always like an acceptable thing for me to like was Bret Hart. Um, but those three for sure. Um, God, I can't even think of who the fourth would be. I mean, it would probably have to be Hogan in a way, just because when I, I mean, then there's like, see, like, yeah. I mean, are you talking? I mean, you have to look at it as like, are you talking like actual like wrestling, like pro wrestling, wrestling? Because you're thinking like, I mean, I would put Terry Funk on there, Fuck. you know, having come up from from Texas, um, Savage. you know. Sure, absolutely. Randy Savage, you know, Harley Race. I mean, it's just like there's so many, so many, you know. Um, the Bushwhackers. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. Techno team. Oh, fuck yeah. Super. Uh, but, like, I mean, like, it just depends on where you're at. Jerry Lawler would go on a a lot of those, you know, like, I mean, it's just, it really just depends on, you know, yeah. Um, where you, you grew know. up, what, what, what generation you grew up in. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Guerreros, you know, like, I mean, it's just really, you know, where did you grow up and what drew you into the circus, you know? So there's kind of no right or wrong answer. It's, Dig what you dig. <laughs> the uh, big red snake. Thank you for his sending ten dollars super chat. Uh, thank you. Hey, hey, do any of you three know why Shane lost to Stefan slash Triple H? Also, Paul, it is a breakfast taco or burrito to you. Love from West Texas. From oh Austin. yeah. Show the other two what kolaches are. Kalachis? Kalachis. Kalachis. Yeah. God. And this Kalachis. It's like a sausage wrapped in a biscuit. I will say this before Paul answers. Whataburger is the best burger in the world. And that's a Texas-owned franchise, right? And I mean, it's pretty damn good. It's tough to say that it's the best in the world, but it's pretty damn good. I mean, in my opinion, it's the best. <laughs> you have thrown down some water burgers oh, in our in our time. <laughs> what a burger! Quick question, uh, Paul. Was there I a question in there? Yeah. What was? But thank you. I miss Texas. I miss the kolaches. I miss a lot of that. A lot of that stuff. That's breakfast tacos in particular, man. Breakfast tacos, like how that isn't just universal, makes no sense to me. So you call them um, tacos? I call them burritos. Well, see, a burrito... Let's break it down, okay? The burrito... <laughs> a what? Does, burrito Does a burrito have, have rice fries? Oh, right. Yes. Typically, a burrito would have like rice, beans, right. the meat, lettuce. Right. It would have everything... Like, if you think of Chipotle, Chipotle would be more like a burrito. It's enclosed. Right, it's fully wrapped up and closed, whereas a taco is more open. Like one end of it is open, right? Kind of like that. 
like yeah. you can hold it yeah whereas a burrito is more like a like a yeah. forearm or something or like yeah it's cl- enclosed um like a used diaper <laughs> not exactly what you want to think of when you think of a, something you're eating yeah. but we've all been to chipotle we know how that does to your stomach yeah. chipotle away that's another one we could review for south park um but breakfast tacos i mean they're just so damn good i mean think about something you could have at any time of day and you're making me hungry paul me too man god what time is it over yours must be late at yacht's place right now it's uh 10 to 11 well it's late for you 10 to 3 over here (laughs) okay Okay, let's go through these super chats. We're gonna uh, keep like, kicking out of them. All right, here we go. Bring, bring your sequences. <laughs> I am super not. Thank you for the five dollars. Uh, did you guys hear about McCall flipping out on Twitter a few years ago because WWE.com didn't mention her as Divas Champion? I didn't. Did you? Who? Michelle McCall. Michelle McCall flipped out because. WWE didn't mention that she won a title. God. What was she ranked in PWI 500? I it is. Um, ever since I've started doing the Women's Royal Rumbles, more often or not, she's in it. She's been coming back pretty much every year for it. She gets... She doesn't win them, but I mean, she gets pushed during them. She... Eliminate so many of her women wrestlers during them every year. Big powerhouse. Yeah. Savvy veteran. 100%. Renee, what's your... Uh, uh, well, Renee and Paul, what's your favorite martial arts film? Paul, I know you're a big fan of martial arts films. Ah, uh, God. You guys are trying to go to bed, aren't you? you stay <laughs> on here forever. I'm a huge proponent of late 80s, early 90s. It's similar to the Mount Rushmore question. You really can't Let's just sport. pick one. Let's pour. Yeah, it's great. Classic. But I'm a huge fan of seasonal films. They made it like seven. Actually, I wrote a little article on one of them, but seasonal, seasonal films was a production company that was... Chinese based and they made films like No Retreat No Surrender 1, 2, oh, and 3 King of the Kickboxers um, King of the Kickboxers 2 American Shaolin Blood Moon, Super Fights these are incredible films Rob Van Dam actually appears in two of them, Super Fights and Blood Moon back when All he right. was in ECW but um, there is a but there's a old uh, Jackie Chan film called Meal, uh, Wheels on Meals. I know you think it's Meals on Wheels, but it's Wheels on Meals. And there is a fight scene with Jackie Chan and Benny the Jet Urquidez, which is one of the most incredible fight scenes. I mean, it's 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 it, I aken it to watching Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid, and that it was from back in the day, but it's still so far ahead of what you see today. It's incredible. 
So I highly recommend any um, looking that up. Uh, but yeah, Wheels on Meals, incredible. And uh, yeah, the early Jackie Chan stuff is, you can't touch it. You know, him and Sammo Hung and Yun Biao. I mean, anybody from that Chinese opera house training is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, so it's I could go be, on and on and new, on. It's going to yeah. be a new side series for Cafe Day, Renee. Patreon exclusive. Mash that movie <laughs> reviews. Uh, yeah. Well, Mighty Boys have just started uh, Taekwondo now, actually. They're loving it. Oh, amazing. So, uh, cool. I love Taekwondo. Uh, Roy Dotson, thank you for those two dollars. Uh, should WWE have kept the undisputed belt longer? Should they have what? Kept the undisputed belt longer. You know the one that Eddie and Brock had, and JBL that that design. I don't I like remember. That no, I don't remember. I mean, they should just get rid of most of these belts. I agree. Too many titles. There's too many of them. There's just too many. Yeah. What would be the harm in having um, one world champion? Yeah. They just happen to be on Raw. And guess what? As part of their clause, they have to defend it um, to a SmackDown challenger once a month. You know what I mean? So now you're at least seeing, and if it's a SmackDown, if the Smack, if a SmackDown guy, I mean, I imagine are the brands still kind of split like that, right? Uh, yeah, still. So split. if it's a SmackDown champion, then like he has to defend it on Raw once a month, like you know, or vice versa. So, what would be the harm in that? Because then you're just looking at everything as that is undisputed, right? You don't have to literally call it that. It's just there is one champion world champion and guess what there is one intercontinental champion or international champion or whatever the hell you want to call it. and guess what there is one just one tag team champion and there's one woman's champion and that's that's what it is you know what's the harm in that animal instinct uh thank you for the five dollars uh paul i watched your match with perry satin i loved it i can tell oh. he respected you a lot it was a real match not a squash Saturn was one of my favorites. I actually, when you talked about it, Paul, I went and watched it too. Oh, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck, man. Perry Saturn had the beautiful top rope elbow, didn't he? It, it concussed me for a moment. I didn't know really? at the time. Yeah, if you watch by his cell, is like a shoot cell. I'm laying there, and he does the elbow, and my head comes off the mat like a second. I'm just kind of like, uh, and my <laughs> He was snug. Yeah. Was he, was he snug? Yeah, but the story behind that is um, I had been told by a buddy of mine, hey, they're coming to Austin. Did you know? I was like, no, I didn't. And the first time, sorry, I'm just getting this saliva off my face. Um, the first time I ever had a tryout with, it was WWF, was in Fort Myers, Florida. I mean, I was set up by Dory Funk Jr., one of my coaches. Um, um, he, what he did was he had, he had a, a young guy from England, uh, Adam Windsor, who sadly has passed away since I just found out about that not too long ago. And it really kind of took me by surprise. Um, but 
he had a guy at his at his training camp in Florida named Adam Windsor, who he had brought over from England. And they had some kind of deal set up with his family where they were kind of, I think, backing some of the the local TV stuff that that Dory was doing. And they were going to get this kid signed. And so there was a loop in Florida when I was down there that they had told me about that, like, Hey, we, you know, you need to come to this camp cause we got you set up for, cause I had done several of the camps like, and I got to where I was staying with Dory and Adam lived there with them. And he and I teamed together. We were doing independence uh, as well as a team. But anyway, so there was this loop and um, I want to say it was like Jacksonville, then Lakeland and then Fort Myers. And Adam was doing uh, a match on each show again or each night against a different kind of standout from the camp. And I was fortunate enough to get the last night in Fort Myers. So I remember like the first guy ended up like slathering on all this like hot stuff. And I can't remember who that pissed off in the locker room, but he ended up getting fucking heat. So he was like, and, and Adam was, he was a, he was a, a solid wrestler, but they had beefed him up because Dory's wife was like, cruiserweights don't draw money. And like, you need to be a heavyweight. And so they would, she in particular, she would, feed him like ice cream for breakfast and like two liters of soda. And she was like, you need to get your calories, Adam. And so he'd kind of like put on weight, not in the best way, but needless to say, the psychology wasn't always there. But anyways, I had the advantage of being on the last night in Fort Myers. So I was able to see what the feedback was for each of these matches. And like the second night, I think the guy ended up doing like a spear or something. And Rhino was on the show and yeah, I mean, just, you know, so, so anyways, it got to, and you couldn't really tell who was healing phase. And blah, blah. so like when it came to our night, I was like, Hey, I'm going to be the heel, you're the face. And needless to say, we got a lot of really good feedback, but I ended up shining out of that whole thing when it was actually kind of designed for Adam. Um, and so fast forward to like a couple months later, a buddy of mine's like, you know, they're coming to town. I was like, oh my god, why? Like, I didn't know this. And I contacted Kevin Kelly, who is always super, super, just helpful, kind. I love Kevin Kelly. Just always, he was so instrumental in helping me start to uh, mold myself into something that would be TV presentable. And I remember I'd call him. And I'd be like, what do I need to do? And he's like, you need to look more like a star. I was like, what does that mean? You know and Um, yeah well i had this this girlfriend at the time and she was like she got me like a tanning package and like bought me some oakley's or something i was like i think this is what they mean it was fucking ridiculous anyway so they came to austin i was like do you need anybody for austin he goes no we're good you know we got everybody that we need i was like fuck you know and i was working at old navy at the time so i was so deterred i was like fuck it i'm not going into work today i was and then the unavailable number called literally the morning of raw and i thought it was old navy so i didn't answer it and but then i answered it like on the last ring i was like ah fuck it and i answered it and it was kevin kelly he was like are you fabing me paul like they need you down in austin or they need you at the Irwin center get down there so i was like oh shit and i raced down there 
having just been told to get down there like the morning of, right? So I get to the Frank Irwin Center um, in Austin and I go up to Tony Gurria and he's like, ah, you must be London. I was like, yes, sir, you know, and he's like, I've got you with Saturn. I was like, great. Yeah, this is tremendous. I'm so glad I came. <laughs> like, I was so scared because he had just had that whole ordeal with uh, Mike, Mike Bell. Bell. Yeah, yeah, rest in peace, man. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, and, and he was had this reputation, right, for, like, stiffing the guys he was trying out. So I went and put on, like, my workout stuff, and I was heading to catering, and Saturn comes up to me. He's like, hey, I think we're working together. You want to go out to the ring and talk over some stuff? And I don't know what was in my head at the time, but I was like, uh, I was just going to go to catering for a minute, but uh, I can meet you out there. And he's like, oh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was like, I got into catering and I picked up like a hamburger or something. I was like, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, oh my God. So I inhaled it and ran out to the ringside. And honestly, it was just a matter of me agreeing to whatever he wanted. I mean, he's the star, you know, like what, you know, what he's like, hey, can I hit you with this? I was like, yeah. He was like, really? Yeah, he goes, well, what if I hit you with this, you know, or something? I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, well, what if you do something like that? So it was really just a matter of being uh, accommodating to whatever he wanted to do. And it's not hard to make this guy look impressive or amazing. I mean, he's physically an impressive specimen. He's an amazing talent as well. Like, I always uh, thought he was phenomenal. And, uh, and so just the more we talked, the more he was – giving me stuff too and he's like well, what could you do here and i'd bring it up and he'd be like oh really you know and so we had a great time and i loved that match it was one of my it was really something that really put me on the radar apparently because then when i get to the back paul Heyman was like running around he's like somebody sign this kid right now sign this kid i'm sitting here thinking like holy shit like, what is going on here he was like, who trained you? Oh, my, who, where did you come from? And he's like yelling this out, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. Like, I'm going to get signed and all this stuff. And I mean, I didn't get signed for like another, probably a year later. Um, but that really put me on the radar and I'm forever indebted to Perry Satter. I had seen him since then and we would talk and share laughs and stuff. And I just was always so grateful that he was that generous, um, to me but it was just a matter of me making myself available to him and to whatever he wanted to do so for you young wrestlers out there whenever you get booked in a match with a name or somebody a veteran that's credible do not come to them and start spouting off all these ideas that you're um wanting to do and telling them what you're going to do and like shut the fuck up yeah. ask them what they want to do and listen and, and when they mention, want your input they'll ask you for it and don't mention your pwi ranking you know we'll start with that yeah just so that you have some credibility to know <laughs> but yeah you know it's but things well, have changed you know I, that seems like foreign to a lot of young guys 
guys now. We're like, I'm not going to let them disrespect me. Like, I'm going to hold my ground. And it's like, somewhere just, I think it's just from a lot of guys being trained by guys who never made stars of themselves. To really, you know, in terms of when you're working with veterans or, or names or whatever, um, how to go about it, you know, like locker room etiquette and etiquette towards veterans is a massive make or break. It can be, you know, at least it was when we were coming up. I don't, you know, now it's like, can we take a selfie together and post it before our match? It's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> After our match, let's go shopping together and let's go to dinner together and get our nails done together and take pictures. <laughs> well, we nearly caught up on the super chats. Um, got two here. Beeble 3058. Uh, you guys been to RI, I presume it means Republic of Ireland, and did you like it? Love Ireland. Love Absolutely it. Absolutely love it. Next question. Yeah, love Speaking it. of rankings in Ireland, you're actually in the top 10 uh, wrestling podcasts in Ireland. Yeah, just see All that, right. Bro. Luck we, of the Irish. No, man, we went up 160 spots. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. We need to get Warwick Davis on here. He's English. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I know, but he's the best leprechaun ever. Okay. Duh. Next question. Next question. Uh, He's English. Next question. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Ready to take another piss. Enormous Peter. Thank you for another five dollars. Uh, favorite towns to wrestle in? Uh, for me, Indianapolis, Conseco Fieldhouse. Uh, wow. Yeah. Tokyo. Uh, definitely Cincinnati for some reason. Uh, Houston, the Garden. Toronto, Osaka. It's pretty good. Yeah. I like Philly because um, I'll tell you right away whether they like you or not. Oh, fuck yeah. Toronto, always very enjoyable. Most cities in Canada are always really enjoyed. Um, Los Angeles, oh. always pretty a good time. Yeah. Um, Austin. Just because get the cheap pop. Yeah. Phoenix, I tend to have, I tend to always have a good time there. Albuquerque, um, yeah, Nashville. Mm. You know, a lot of those Bible Belt towns where they're like, he put them in a headlock, and like, oh, this is real. Can I'm loving it. it. Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next question. Yeah, just to follow up on the Beeble Super Chat, I thought he meant Republic of Ireland. He didn't. He meant uh, Rhode Island. Uh, Did he mean Rhode Island? Yeah, my mistake. <laughs> Love Rhode Island. Love it. I actually really do. I have a lot of really fun times in Providence, man. Next Dunkin' question. Donuts Arena. Hasbro. Sorry. Suicide TNA, thank you for the five dollars. Hey Paul, been a fan of your Suicide! Suicide! Remember that song? That, that's actually his profile picture, the, the Suicide Wrestler. Is it know? really? Yeah. <laughs> what, um, a, 
What think about what you're presenting as a character? Suicide. Who's your favorite yeah. wrestler? Suicide. Like some family who doesn't know any better is you'd be like, oh my god, we need to get our kids some counseling. Like, what well, is going on here? Well, your buddy Go take uh, your piss. TJP portrayed him, and they yeah. changed the name to Manic, didn't they? Yeah, and I guess that's probably. But isn't Suicide back? I don't know. Is he back? Is he? Didn't he come back? Wasn't there a Suicide oh, okay. Ant Man? I don't know. I Sorry, go ahead. I just—I always love that song. <laughs> Suicide. I'm like, what is this putting in people's heads subconsciously? <laughs> like, yeah, Suicide's awesome. <laughs> uh, where was his question? Hey, Paul, fan of you for years. Is the huge Paul London storyline that never happened real? What's that? What are they? The limo explosion? I don't know. There's a limo explosion theoretical that you know clearly wasn't real because I wasn't a part of any of that, and that's part of why I got so much heat because they thought I was going into business for myself and smiling my way into the storyline, which I guess kind of happened because I was a suspect on a list with like Donald Trump and Bobby Lashley and all these other big names and stuff. But it's like, then there's me. <laughs> so it's like, I guess they had to acknowledge that smiling thing. I, I don't know. I, I imagine that's what he's talking about. But um, uh, the big storyline that I presented that they laughed at in a, like, why the fuck are you still working here kind of way was I presented an idea to them where I said, look, like, what if we do this thing where I'm clearly already on a losing streak? So what if we do this thing where, you know, Brian comes down to ringside, but I'm not with him. And then I almost pretty much go missing. Like, I'm not showing up for events, even though they call me out. Or whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm just, I'm gone missing. And this is before, like, a lot of found footage stuff got really crazy. Um after Blair Wish, but anyways, so I was like, what if he, you know, gets this tape VHS and it's like me with a camcorder on a beach. I'm talking, speaking of suicide, Jesus, this is getting heavy. I was like, so what if I present this idea where this tape is sent to Brian and it's me after having been missing for a while and I'm kind of talking to the camera, talking about how I've done nothing but lose. People see me as just this this guy who loses all the time. And it's taking this toll on me mentally. And I don't know that any of this is really worth living for anymore. And like without it getting like, like super heavy though. And as I'm like really starting to get darker with it, I'm like, oh god damn it. And like I hit my foot on something on the beach that I'm walking on, like this empty beach. And it turns out that it's like a treasure chest that had washed up on the shore. And I just open it and like this glowing light hits my face and like the thing cuts out. Right. And then all of a sudden I show up dressed in the giant Gonzalez suit, but it's like form fitted to my body. I'm not like the actual, like that's what was in this, treasure chest that was washed up to shore was the giant Gonzalez like furry airbrushed muscle suit and I'm wearing it 
And now I'm like destroying guys, like going like beating like two, three guys at once, like just this mega power type thing. And uh, and they're sitting here looking at me as I'm presenting this stuff, kind of like, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, and then later, you know, it, it all was inspired by Teen Wolf movie Teen Wolf, uh, not the terrible TV show, but like the the movie, and it would get to the point where it was kind of like Lord of the Rings a little bit too, I guess, uh, because it, it would be like they tried to take my suit and be like, no, you know, and like, it was, it was like, I would start to think that I was nothing without this suit. And then eventually, you know, there'd be kind of like this, this idea that like, you've always had the talent, it, you know, it's not the suit, it's what's inside or some bullshit. But then you'd also see that like Regal or somebody was like paying off these guys to take falls for me so that it would right. like get to my head. I mean, it was pretty layered, you know, and I presented it a lot better than I summed it up right now, but, Needless to say, they uh, didn't go for that one. <laughs> uh, Would have been awesome, though. Wanna, I don't know if you just want to answer this one. I'll read it. Roy Dotson, $2 Super Chat. Did any of the demons... Roy's back. Or... Roy's back. Did you just get that? Do any of the divas smell their feet? Uh, Renee, I can't hear you. Renee? Can we hear Uh-oh. you? What happened? He's on mute. Can you hear me? Yeah, now we yeah, can. Yeah. Okay. Well, you muted yourself. Uh, I don't know if you just want to answer this. Roy Dotson, did any of the divas smell fishy? Oh, come on. This is a classy <laughs> podcast. Smell fishy? Like they were up to no good? No, I think he means just stink. (laughs) Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Uh, No, I never smelt any of the girls that way. That's no. Paul, did you? (laughs) No. No. No, they they had very proper hygiene. Random, but people in the chat's referring to me as a chubby Steve Blackman. You know, there's somewhere on my walls when I was a kid, I'd cut out pictures of wrestling magazines, WWF magazines, and I would make collages on my wall. So I always had tons of wrestlers on my walls. And somewhere there was a picture of uh, Marty Jannetty jumping off the turnbuckle onto like a job guy and the job guy was Steve Blackman and he was nowhere near as ripped as he was. Um, and I was just like, Holy shit. Like that's Steve Blackman. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I can, I can see the, the comparison, James. I think it's more so the beard and the hairstyle. I think we need to get you some glow. I wish uh, I was as ripped as him. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, I was a right. big Steve Blackman fan. What time are we on? It's a quarter past three over here. We'll go for. Oh, uh, kick out! Yeah. It's only a super kick chat question thing. I'm on, kick out! I'm on scaffolding. How many super tomorrow. chats we got left, James? <laughs> Renee's over it. 
<laughs> He's over it. All right, Ross. Thank you, six dollars Canadian. Uh, anybody pull a Yoko and smash the toilet? Uh, I'll tell you a story about um, what's Vince McMahon's favorite wrestler, uh, Doctor Jerry Graham. Yeah, Doctor Jerry Graham, right? So he came to work for my dad, and he was an alcoholic, like a full blown, like really, really bad, right? <laughs> so he came to work, and he came into the house drunk as shit, right? And he he came into the toilet, and he's he he tripped and fell, broke the toilet, pulled down the shower curtain with it. Then he stumbled into the into the living room, sat my dad's lazy boy, broke it along with the coffee table, and then uh. We politely at well, I wasn't born yet, but they politely ask him to leave. <laughs> wow, uh, was he a big guy? Oh yeah, he was like three hundred and fifty pounds, like a big like haystacks guy. or something. No, wow, not, not a haystacks, but he was a big obese guy. Yeah. Just oh my god. Yeah. Oh my next god. Question. Uh, we'll caught up. Was that the last one? I once had uh, a buddy of mine, Michael Shane. A lot of people may not remember him. Yeah, yeah. Was he related to Sean? Yeah, he was like Sean's nephew. And that okay. sadly was like something that always worked against him because he was incredible. Michael Shane was awesome. Awesome worker. Great punches. Absolutely loved uh, working with him. But anyway, so um, he came out to my place one time when I was living out in California. And... Um, I had got hired to do this pilot with Dana Carvey for this. She never got picked up. But yeah, Dana Carvey was going to portray different characters in history and like tell stories about their events in history, in history, but like in a funny way. So anyways, in this thing, he was playing Charles Darwin and they, I had gotten Michael Shane hired on as well. And we were pirates. Um, yeah, swashbuckling with Dana Carvey and his uh, companion. I can't remember what the actor's name was, but um, so we're like sword fighting on the beaches of like Malibu or something. And they're supposed to be like some exotic beach. Anyways, not long story short, I had these like this special neck pillow, you know, because our necks are fucked up. Right. And Michael Shane's staying at my place. And because I'm such a terrible host, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to give you my bed, but you can sleep over here on the floor and I'll make this makeshift bed for you. But here's a neck pillow. Um, these things aren't cheap. Anyways, he ended up falling asleep with the dip in his mouth and it permeated in. it fell out of his mouth on my neck pillow hit this wad of dip and it stained and like went through my entire neck pillow. I was just like, Oh, you can keep it. man!" like, <laughs> like this is fucking I, disgusting. I've done that before. I fell asleep with dip in my mouth before. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's better than swallowing it. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Your eyes. <laughs> I've never <laughs> dipped before. I never have. Not, it's, not... it's quite disgusting. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, All right. Okay. Craig, two dollars super chat. What do you guys think of New Jack? In my I opinion, got a New Jack story. Go ahead. In my opinion, one of the best, most entertaining talkers that I have ever heard. 
like great promo guy. Kevin promos. Yeah. 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 Um, when I first went to college up in Pittsburgh, I went to this place, Duquesne University, and within my first month of being there, the original ECW, the actual ECW, was touring, and they came to Pittsburgh. So I was like, holy shit, you know, and I, this is amazing. Because we didn't get ECW down in Texas, mm. unless it was on TNN for like a cup of coffee. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God. So I went, and they had like the fans bring weapons to the arena, and you put them in this big like trash bins outside the, like right before you go into the building. They're going to use these for the hardcore match. So I went by myself, because I'm a big mark, and stuff like that didn't bother me. But I got a seat right on the aisle, which was great. And I bought a T-shirt, an FBI T-shirt, which was green with the FBI letters on it. Right. I bought that for my friend back in Texas. I was like, oh, that's a funny gimmick. He'll think he'll get a crack out of this. So New Jack's match is going on. He's bleeding all to shit, right? As he's coming back down the aisle after the match, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He grabs the shirt out of my hands that I bought for my friend and clears his head full of the blood and hands it back to me. And I'm like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) And so I ended up giving it to my friend like blood. months later and it was like yeah it was like brown the shirt was like brown now because the blood had like caked and i mean it was like you could like it was like cardboard it was all hard and shit because it was like it had caked into this shirt and i gave it to my friend and he was kind of like oh cool <laughs> you know and like his mom made him like throw it away because she was like you're not having this goddamn like hepatitis fucking thing in my like whatever oh she hadn't thrown it away but that was always something I'll always remember because I was like, holy shit, man. Like, you could have washed it, it, bro. But like, think about how you just kept the blood in it, too. Like, have this kind of, like, put it in some case. It was like, look at this fucking, like, I don't know. It's just, look at live specimen. specimen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, New Jack, man. Yeah. <laughs> Great talker. I'll so, give him that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we're at three hours. I didn't plan on doing a marathon tonight, but uh try guys. I didn't plan so to up to half three tonight. <laughs> no, Paul, you're uh you're the best. No, oh, you guys are, man. Thanks for letting me come on late and uh, I'll try and do my homework for next time. All right, Just send me that abbreviated version. Do we? Yeah. Any announcements? Any announcements, James, before we uh call it a night? Um, well, we've got another episode Thursday, and we've got a couple of recordings before then, so we might do some announcements Thursday. Uh, okay. we might be talking to a particular star tomorrow who we spoke about tonight, but that's hush hush. Um, oh, big one. If it, Very if big. it all goes good, we'll be, we'll definitely be announcing it fucking Thursday. <laughs> yes. um, Cool. But no, uh, thank you for everyone. Um, still, two hundred and fifty of you have stayed with us for this live stream. Uh, wow! Thank you very much. Wherever you're watching from, wherever from the US, Canada, the UK, Australia, wherever you're watching, um, thank you Rhode so Island. much. Uh, Ireland, please uh, hit that subscribe button. Where are we now, Renee? Are we nearly got to ten k yet? 
Uh, we're 270 subscribers away from 10,000. Uh, please, everyone, uh, let's band together and achieve our goal for 10,000 subscribers in a year. Make all my dreams and our dreams come true. We can do it, fellas. Let's do it together. I think we might hit 2 million views before the year as well. Really? Well, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Okay. Nice. We can do it. And, of course, we're going to have more Paul London because he's on board full-time now. <laughs> and we're going to have uh, more more surprises, more surprises to come. So, everyone, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you Thursday. Right, Paul? That's right. Thir- wait, Thursday? Am I a part of that, too? Of course you are. Well, I don't know. I didn't know if you guys are getting, like, guests and stuff in here. And The enormous Peter wants you. Enormous Peter. Enormous oh, right. Peter. Oh, I see. I was like, yeah. <laughs> who's right. that code name for? All right. So this Thursday, I'm going to try to get something together. It'd be me, Paul, James, and uh, we're going to have some surprises. Yeah. Dig it. Oh. All right. Ooh, this is getting good. It's getting good. Tune in <laughs> Thursday, guys. I have to go eat and go to bed because I have to hit the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Hey, 20 burger patties stacked together. Yeah, that's right. You know, you know the goddamn deal. You oh yeah. Know. All right, you guys. Know. I'm out. Remercitos et bonsoir. I'm out as well. See you guys. How the <laughs>